Straw hats. What does it do, baby? What's happening? I mean, Alchemist on the boards. It's Black Works. Shout out to the 313 Detroit. The D, the 313, and Boldy motherfucking James. Make sure you had that chatty right. You better have that chatty ready. Let's go. When it ain't no pots in the kitchen, the pot whip, cook that dope in the skillet. Four in the midge, push and blow in the blizz. Need them kilograms, ain't really concerned with the difference. Just for my personal interest, long as the work ain't no difference. Now we can either build a dam or we can burn a few bridges. Sink the rave in, make that left turn on Phyllis. Get you old man Quillis, let it burn on niggas. Pray to God my right hand never turn no witness. Just to save face, was always first on business. You probably can't relate if you ain't never served no chickens. Hot as hell swerving in that Bentley spur on sixes. Chinchilla mink on the corner in my fur coat pitching. Me and double clam bacon off the herbo tripping. Was getting money, but I also heard bro snitching. Oh my god, sir. First through the third, no dealings. Mama, I apologize. Ain't mean I hurt your feelings. It's kind creatures. Shout out to Alchemist. Shout out to the 313. Shout out to the D Detroit. Stand up. And the unsung heroes, such as your motherfucking heroes, your legends, Bodie James and company. Shout out to Alchemist. Any inquiries? Of course, you know, we have the impeccable, incredible, exquisite musical tastes. Monkey D. Trevanti on all platforms, and we're about to hop into this episode, babies. Straw Hats, we are going in. Where we at? Where we at? Huh? Blackworks. Blackworks, Bodie James, Cartier. Ducey, Siete. Big creature. Alchemist with the work, 313. Let's get it. D shit. I'm on a different type of time. Whole hood, call me Mr. 1008. Lay it out on the table, twist it down and take it to the plate. Turn that bag around, then hop right back on the interstate. In and out of town, switching up more than my rental plates. When they were 288 eight boys in lamest turns with the 36 by 28. Storytelling, I'm telling you, you're there. He transports you from here to there. Like a nigga play ball from pitching base. I'm the one these niggas imitate can teach a class on how to beat the glass. Let me demonstrate just how to blow out cell. It's time to liquidate the coke numb in my tongue. I got a special taste. The G5 come with a fifth wheel like a lemonade. It's concrete today. Free all my gas behind them prison gates. Was slipping cakes while y'all niggas was playing pencil breaks. My main concern was wait for my turn. What this brick could take. Cuz hit me, said he found the line on some good work. What it's taking, I had to find out what it took first. Oh, <laughs> hey, I'm telling you. Go to imeanpod at gmail.com for any and all inquiries, what have yous. Be sure to donate to our beautiful show that's growing exponentially around the fucking globe. Shout out to Croatia. Shout out to France. Shout out to New South Wales and Sydney, Australia. Shout out to Germany and all of its various parts and regions that support me, that support this brother, Monkey Deep Trevanti. Available on all platforms and DSPs. I'm all over the place and we're growing. And thanks to you guys. I thank you guys for showing me all of this, this love and support. And if you want to support the podcast as it continues to grow uh, monetarily, you can go to dollar sign Trevanti. Waller, T-R-A-V-A-N-T-I-W-A-L-L-E-R, and uh, hit that cash app. Any little bit helps. 
So I really appreciate the love, gang. And so let's get into it. It's a beautiful episode with uh, the Jazzy Comedy Show podcast starring the one and only one of one uh, beautiful brother of mine, J.C. Rowe. So enjoy the episode and also listen to the other fucking episodes. I'm putting in that work for y'all. All right, man. Hopefully everyone's safe and sound and uh, full of joy wherever they are. Okay? Much love, Straw Hats. Tune in. Right. It's like, what do y'all do? You prevent that. You present that to them. Yeah, it's like, what do y'all do? And then they're going to tell us what they do. And then we're like, well, this is what we need. And between what we're doing and what we need and what they do, we figure out right. how much it's worth. Definitely. I can't see you niggas. I just remember, like, like, see, when we was in the rap game, right, coming in early, there was a lot of rare companies who would come in and they would say, oh, we'll just, we'll help you make your album. Or someone would be like, oh, we'll help you make your album, we'll help you tour, we'll help you distribute. Something like, we'll just pay you. We don't give a fuck what you do. And we put this in the pot. Yeah. All right, because I love the conversation. It's good for everybody. All right, I what's good? see you niggas. Then nobody want to look at you, nigga. <laughs> well, you. then it's settled. <laughs> <laughs> what's good? What's good? Man. You see us? Yeah, yeah, I see y'all. Can't see your black ass, but he see me. Yeah, man, you more black. like uh, who's black. that Pokemon? Black and black, black. Who's, who's that, that black? Pokemon? Black, black, black. That's, that's how Black Jelani's looking right now. Who's uh, that Pokemon? Da-na-na, Jelani, or however <laughs> his Pokemon sound. He said, or however his Pokemon son. This nigga Trevante looks like a French train conductor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 shit. Hola, nah. bonjour. <laughs> oh, I can't deny it. <laughs> oh, the womp wasn't supposed to be. This nigga still don't know the keys. We, we all let him try. <laughs> this nigga just hit random buttons. Come aboard my train, my dime. I've got a place to take you. Jason just DJing. Secure the enemy. All right, that's the one we're going to go with. All right, let, let's start. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. I'm here. Oh, you just disappeared. So you said you had Oh, he's back. back. Three, two, and. Oh, you, you crinkling on the mic. Three, two, and let's go. Yeah. Secure the enemy. Yeah. If they do not surrender. Yeah. Talking to my mama at the time. Talking to my daddy at the time. Streets crazy, they on savage time. Look at the news, that's savage time. Rolex, that's savage time. Pass the licks, I ain't passing time. Cut throw, we on savage time. Cut throw, we on savage time. Look, I'm taking out anyone in my way. I'm not playing with you, bitch. This not the WNBA. I'm a real life star, so you know I need my space. Be the white supremacist black to that motherfucker hater's face. I've been going through some issues that nobody dealing with. Surrounded by real killers and shit Doing it for the thrill of it Graveyards on some thriller shit Only zombies around here fiends They need help and they had dreams But don't nobody give a shit Yeah, just like them boys in cells Who had dreams in NFL How they supposed to pray to God If they keep waking up in hell Been there so long They got pictures with the fucking devil himself Everybody need direction Even if it's to find they self Look, I'm the greatest of all time Bitch, I do it till I die Swear I'm done with all the bullshit Like I moved about the shot 
like all that fuck shit obsolete. Boy, I hop up on my feet. I'm the only one stopping me. I give you one finger away from peace. I'ma take that water from Flint and I'ma go up there to DC. I'ma make the president drink. He wouldn't even let it touch the sink. I said, God, we need a blessing. God said, go and see the reverend. People lined outside the churches like it's the white and blue 11s. Hurricanes hitting with another bomb threat, man. It should feel like Armageddon. Swear I'm going every second. So I keep good weed, good vibe, good crystals. Lavender, eucalyptus. Mixing it with the incense. Just to relieve my tension. Savage time. Yeah, it's time to take this shit. I mean, record breaking shit. All we doing is taking risks. I ain't got time to take my time. I'm doing it like my life on the line. I ain't had no lifeline in my whole lifetime. No hero to hide behind. But it's all like mine when it go nighttime. There's no other choice but to shine. Look, no go mine. So the goals in my mind when the stars are aligned on divine straight, straight. So understand we gon' see success, that's inevitable. You couldn't hold me down even if I was in federal. You couldn't stop these plays even if I was ineligible. Kneeling like Colin Kaepernick, if that shit unethical. Yeah, free my mind, no bargain. Got one girl, she the hardest. That pussy supercharging. Making love between Warren. Then I hit the stage and get to talking like a Marcus Garvey. Like how this dark skin a weapon, but it treated like a target. Like how if you rich in the money you already worth a fortune Whoa. like you deserve every single golden portion y'all listen to the jazzy comedy show welcome back this is the 56th episode or the sixth episode of season three i have my beautiful business partner jelani dugan in the building where where back what's up welcome to the jazzy comedy show and i got the wonderful spectacular as I was complimenting, I gotta share an erudite guest commentary from only the one and only Trevante Wallace, Monkey Trevante from the I Mean Podcast in the building. Thank you for being with us, Trevante. We appreciate I mean, your time. It's the Jazzy Comedy Show. Welcome. It's your boy Jelani, JC, Monkey D. Trevante. We got some fire for you. That was Big Sean, Double or Nothing, featuring Metro Boomin. 2017 album, if y'all ain't heard it. Savage time. Y'all know what it is. Y'all ready to get to work, fellas? Yes, let's do it. Let's let's get to work. Let's get to work. Yo. My boy laced it. Metro Boomin laced that. Right, he killed that shit, didn't he? Facts. And uh, Sean was in rare form. <laughs> I love that Facts. Black. He was putting Kill shit it. together. He was putting shit together. Mm-hmm. He was telling a history story, bro. That was that was real hip-hop. And it's crazy you said that's from two, 2017, because I, I thought he just dropped that. It feel like he dropped it yesterday, don't it? It felt like he just <laughs> dropped that. How timely was that? Bruh. Hell of time. Savage time, bruh. I will say, Big Sean, shout out to you, man. Shout out to Detroit. You feel me? Respect my city. He, he is one of the most talented rappers we got out here nowadays. You know, he's got the longevity, got the good flows. You know, he stay on some good beats, do the feature thing too. You know what I'm saying? So I got to give a shout out to Big Sean on that one, man. Well, I think the one thing I always appreciate about Big Sean, like any great artist, is the growth factor. You know what I'm saying? His shit don't sound like it sounded eight, nine years ago or even five years ago. He always transforming and evolving. Exactly. I think that's what makes an artist amazing. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, uh, he has come a long way. You know, because I was never really the biggest fan of his, the biggest uh, supporter of his, but he's still here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and if I, for obvious reasons, like, like I, was, I think I was talking to, uh, my boy Antoine about 
Big Sean. Like, there's tons. Like, there's Boldy James from Detroit. That's my guy. Like, that, he's probably shout my favorite. James. Boldy James, shout out to you, brother. He's probably my favorite out of there. You got K-Roll Giovanni. You know right. what I'm saying? But no one even knows yeah, that they fucking know. exist because Big Sean was the guy that they chose. But he happens to have a skill set. Not denying him that, but he was definitely... He has a very clean, clean kind of hip hop. Yeah, you know definitely. what I'm saying. Like his delivery, like he's very easily like digestible. Is ABC stuff, so he appeals to a large and kind of broad demographic. Like the machine can get behind that, and I understand also why he has longevity. And a lot of niggas who ought to have longevity, like who is Boldy James? And I'm like, man, are you serious? Are you fucking kidding me? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I would kind of classify Big Sean's whole just flow and style packages cookie cutter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. he, like, you could have created him in a lab, you know, like, in ways. You know. Okay, I mean? so first of all, fuck both of y'all. And <laughs> my whole city. I know, Detroit. man, That's, I know that you're um, Yeah, like, fuck y'all with a big ass. <laughs> that is not even halfway respectable the way y'all are quantifying this man in the zip-up. Even if you want to say his lyrical sound it's good killer. First of all, I don't believe that shit at all, right? I think that he has he has levels in his shit in the same way Kendrick Lil Wayne do, where he can play with the same beat and mix it four or five different ways in his rap skill, right? And I'm just talking about tone, music, and how it comes out. But then when you talk about lyrics, bruh, both y'all gotta open up your ears. This man is from Detroit. Who hasn't had lyrics out of Detroit from Bodie James again, Cash Out Calhoun, uh, T Grizzly, like motherfuckers be spitting. And Big Sean lyrically, that motherfucker be on some like philosophy uh, type shit. You gotta, you gotta listen to my first comment. You You know what's funny about JC's outburst? No one said anything about his lyrics at all. (laughs) (laughs) That was the one thing we didn't even talk about. We never said nothing about his lyrics or none of that. We, we, we talked about his, we, his style package is what I was talking about. about. His design, right? His design. Yeah. Like, his his design. Design. yeah. Like, like, like this, right? And like, we were shouting out Detroit because we named mad Detroit niggas that don't get no love at all. <laughs> no one knows exists. Um, shout out to Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. All right, man. We love y'all. We and spent we the whole time. Nah, JC, yeah. bring your ass back in there, man. By, by the way, we talking about Big Sean uh, while JC had to run off to handle some business. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 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 I remember listening to Big Sean for six years in a row and just being like, huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like, huh? Okay, that's Big Sean. And then all these other styles came out, you know, all these other rappers with different cadences and techniques. Some of these niggas ain't even rapping. Some of these niggas is mumbling. Some of these niggas is singing on this shit, right? And, and you're like, okay, can Big Sean do that? And I'm just saying, no, he can't do that because he's in his cookie cutter shape. That's all I'm saying. All right, I'm JC. Saying, not like the way he dresses. Hold, like the way he, hold on to that thought. All right, JC. Jelani, what were we just discussing? All right, we were discussing the fact that hell, the lyrics weren't even the... That was yeah. the one thing we didn't even talk about. Plus, we spent the whole time... We spent the Probably. whole time shouting out all of the unsung heroes of Detroit hip-hop 
that influenced the whole hip hop nation in many different no, ways. Your no, Bodie James, no one knows exists. No respect, but hold up, look, look, we ain't saying nothing about that nigga's lyrics at all. So, I, we, you better we, start we with the lyrics. Like, you gotta start with the lyrics before y'all try to say cookie cutter for somebody who ain't never heard Big Sean and then they don't want to listen to him. But they not even understanding the message. When I, all right, so you gotta go I'm back a, to my first man, compliment. I complimented. I, I'm not first. talking about your compliments. <laughs> From Jelani Dugan, he, he got enough butter from all the things he got. So here's how this worked: When I was traveling the state of California, doing my speeches in these like all white rural towns and these cathedrals and Unitarian churches and Jesuit uh, temples and all these different universities and shit, bruh, I was alone in a lot of that journey, right? Like, it wasn't a lot of people I could talk to about moving in these spaces and having these conversations and, and handling business the way I'm handling business, right? Because a lot of the people didn't do politics the way I was doing it, you know, especially at that time. And so... Big Sean was getting a nigga through, bro. When he talked about, you know, losing his grandma and how that shit affected him and how that shit made Detroit feel. When he talked about, you know, all the niggas from coming up in the D and then kind of being alone in his shit and having to transform. Like, that. those storytellings was on some uh, modern-day griot shit that is hip-hop to me because how it inspires how it can help you move and stay positive in a world that's not positive. And he was able to artfully articulate his pain and growth and experience where I'm almost walking two step for step with the man. I'm like, bro, I feel you like 150% on everything you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So, but that could be some Detroit shit. You know what I'm saying? Nah, so then. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wouldn't say it's exclusive to Detroit. I would say, yeah, I would listen to them songs. I'd be like, oh, okay, this dude is going through normal stuff like the rest of us, right? Like, you know, for you going in them spaces, it's always good to have that music that you can relate to, you know, especially when it's from your same town, you know what I'm uh, saying? It's like, you just relating to them, period. That is the same thing that me and, me and Monkey Deer are talking about. That's a bonus. That's a, that's a benefit of Big Sean. We ain't talking about that. That's a good thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about even for me, that sounds cookie cutter. I'm going to listen to Big Sean to connect. I know what I'm getting. Get what I'm saying? Like this motherfucker. I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not <laughs> it's, saying. It's the verbiage, huh? <laughs> I'm saying it. Or what? Or you? What I'm saying. No. Is, <laughs> what I'm saying is Damn. like, like when you listen JC's to like, Big. I, let me take these cans off. When you listen to Big right. Sean rap, I'm like, not about to get the gloves. But. When, you, when you listen to Big, <laughs> I don't hear any. I don't hear. I don't typically hear. Like I'd be like, oh damn, I could have thought of that, or you know, what I'm saying somebody would have thought of that eventually. Hey, you know bro, I mean? I'm sorry. When I, hear, <laughs> I listen to other rappers. I'd be like, oh damn, where did that come from? You know, what I'm saying that's out of the box. No, so okay, that's so you talking about from analogy? All right, that's I, all I, I mean. feel you. I feel you. So let's quantify that. Like yeah. he's not ludicrous or Lil Wayne right, right, right. when it comes to like how he spits exactly, his analogies. Exactly. And he don't have to be, he right? Don't, because no. I'm not listening to exactly. Ludacris or Lil Wayne for the same reason I'm listening exactly. to Big Sean. Right? When I listen to Luda, I want that. Right. This nigga can take any word. He can take like Maynard. And that motherfucker make a whole song rhyming with Maynard. You'd be like, bro, I did not know three words rhymed with Maynard. How the <laughs> fuck did he do that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When I listen to Wayne, Wayne gonna talk about some shit. Wayne gonna talk about some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? He gonna hit you with 25 different 
thoughts and take you for the Pluto and back and every high he on, he gonna try to get you there. What about Eminem? Words. Like, that motherfucker be having me like, what the fuck did he just say? See, I don't be that surprised with Eminem. And then again, maybe that's the Detroit shit. Eminem, when he first came out with that, I got nine inch nails in my eyelids type shit. I used to be like, okay, some shady on some crazy shit. But even as he evolved over the years, he just became another storyteller, a hip hop storyteller. You know what I'm saying? And so yep. for Big Sean, he might not be hitting me with analogy for analogy on some triple entendre, but he do got some cold ass entendre. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And it's made again in some like, like Big Sean could be a philosophy professor. Like if if he got yeah. picked up by University of Michigan to teach philosophy on uh, hip hop language and how that transformed into to business, to proprietorship, to to sponsorship, to development, and to entrepreneurship as an independent artist, nigga. Hey man, that just makes sense to me. Yeah, Big Sean is fire, and he do got a good cadence. Like I said, I just you know his 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 style package to me. It's something that I, maybe it's just because I listened to him from years of seeing a lot of them. It seems like I just know what his bag is, maybe. You know, like I know what I'm getting when I listen to Big Sean. And that's why I listen to him consistently. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what I'm going to get. And his beats be fire. Like I his said, he spits on everything he comes on. And right. his features are fire too. Like I and said. And you know, he writing this shit because how, yeah. how he says shit. Hey man, like even if it sounds like, okay, his, his cadence might be a little bit, uh, okay, I might be able to repeat that. But again, he still remixed that shit. And you got to remember, this is a Detroit guy. This is a Detroit artist. So them producers he tap into, Man. you got to be top of the line, right? Like the, the musicians he bringing on there, when he bringing on the choirs, all of that shit got to be top of the line because you're dealing with people in Detroit. I know from going to church back home, bruh, we got motherfuckers that can sing in the church way better than half of the singers that came out on the Billboard charts in Detroit right now. Right. We got musicians on the guitar, the piano, the saxophone, the trumpet in Detroit churches that will kill any band in San Francisco any night. Smoking and drinking and playing their shit. They're going to jazz out better than these cats in San Francisco that's getting paid $10,000 to do a show. I believe the fuck out of that. Ain't Motown in Detroit. It's, like, come Detroit on. is Motown. That's what I'm saying. So for any artist that can make it out of there, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like if you were a crip or a blood in L.A., you ain't get that shit easy, bro. Now, if you the top crip or the top blood in L.A., Brad, I don't care if you're the president of another nation. You better salute that man when he walk into the room. You know, and that's how anybody that came out of Detroit hip-hop. Like, if you made a lot of that shit from the streets to the music to all the competitions where motherfuckers could have just demeaned your name, bro, he, he done probably been through way more shit than he tell us on his music because he's just telling us how he's conquered this shit. And I can appreciate that because motherfuckers need to know that. Motherfuckers be losing every day. And Big Sean to come at you like, last night I took a L, but tonight I, I bounced back. Hell yeah, that was my favorite song when it <laughs> you came out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, Hell a, yeah. it's a whole different, he's not just, just like, I'm, I'm losing and I sold drugs to get out. He's like, nah, I don't play that game, but I play this money game. Hell yeah. And I, I gotta put it in context. I guess what I said, cookie cutter, I just meant like he's not going to steer you down the wrong path when you listen to his music. You well, know? what's wrong with that Negro and, Jelani? And, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> see, me, I got a yin-yang to my music shit, right? I listen to the good shit. You know, I listen to Kanye Sunday Service. I listen to the Big Sean. You know what I'm saying? We got a Sunday Service. Then I'm it's listening, not this one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then I'm listening to some ratchet shit, too. You feel me? Like, I ain't going to name it. You know what I'm saying? 
No, nah, ain't nothing nah, wrong with nah, that. No, but I was thinking like, you know, the 21 Savage, Travis Scott, you know, you know, I'm talking about different, <laughs> you know, yeah. shit in a different way and capitalizing on a different way. Like Sada, you know what I'm saying? Different way Sada, of capitalizing on it. Sada. I'm, I'm, I was thinking about it through my like Sada baby filter. You feel me? Like, I feel it. You know what I'm saying? Big Sean. Ain't nothing wrong with Sada baby shit. He got good music too, but true. it's just, and that's relatable too for another motherfucker. But for me, I'm not living Side the Baby life. So when I listen to Side of the Baby, I'm listening to his music on some damn that that beat was cold. Damn, that was some lyrical genius. Damn, he went through that. Damn, that was dope. Oh, this shit, man. If I was in college when this shit was out, nigga, we had women sparking all over the club with this shit. Like we be doing our fraternity shows. That's how I listen to Side of the Baby. But again, when I listen to Big Sean, it's like, nigga, I'm making money moves on some Cardi B shit. And this shit can be a failure for me or it can be great. But that's almost like my spinach if I'm a fucking Popeye. Big Sean is like spinach for me when he's dealing with this world. You know Facts. what I'm saying? Facts. And so it's just a different energy. I don't need to listen to him before I want to go, like I said, twerking the club. But he got those, he got those songs those too. Two. You know what I'm saying? What are you doing twerking in clubs? There is no twerking <laughs> in clubs. There's no twerking yeah. in clubs. <laughs> You aren't to swivel. You are not to pivot or swivel your hips or gyrate in any way, shape, or form, unless there's something female mammalian in front of you. I'm not saying I'm twerking, Mister. I, I thought he was using it as a as like a adjective, like he's you know when I'm in there twerking on a female or you know yeah. getting my twerk on. I was I was you know that's I was how like he a said Jamaican. It. I wasn't trying to use. All the words, but I want to get the point. You know what I'm saying? When I'm saying I'm twerking in clubs, obviously I'm surrounded by big boots. You know, yeah. beautiful women. Not gonna try not to call y'all bitches in 2021. Uh, and then we'll have you up in 2021, bro. 2021, a bitch will kill you. See how that works? I'm sorry. I love y'all. Or hey, Jelani said adjectives. Hey, I'm like, like vividly, warmly. <laughs> Wrong word, nigga. He's like, that's what action word. I'm just, yeah, but then adjectives means, and I'm like, adjective. Like, Chiranti's looking at my body, like, what are you twerking on that little skinny body? Like, don't be hating on me, boo. That is also not the way that I am looking at your body. At all. Don't deny it. Don't deny it. Don't you live in West Hollywood, Chiranti? Function? I live nowhere near West Hollywood. I live in the opposite direction of that motherfucking place. That's so you live close to West Hollywood. I live. Let's just be clear about that. Logistically, uh. yeah. <laughs> Geographically, yes. You live in Oakland, California, slash Detroit, Michigan, by way of Detroit, Michigan, by way of Kentucky. Always, always. <laughs> Educated in the yeah. South, raised in the D, explored around the world, and landed where I need to be. Town business all day. Hey, Oakland, California. That right there is a bar. I just made that shit up, yeah. So like I said, like I was saying, Jelani, <laughs> yeah, um, Monkey D, yeah, Luffy, right. Monkey D, Trevante, listenership. That's what it is. That's where that came from. But like I said, the Ghost of Tsushima got me fucked up. Had me fucked up because when I when I was looking at that homeboy, old Judas ass nigga, who betrayed us yeah. as a Ronin. I looked at everyone yeah. with a fucking straw hat, and then I was like, "Damn, they use the name straw hats to describe these bitch ass niggas." When in One Piece, <laughs> those are my favorite niggas in the entire world, Man. in the entire show, the entire anime. 
I was upset at that. But yeah, bro, they didn't. Created, they created a dichotomy with that one, man. It was a polar opposite you know thing. Yeah. <laughs> they stood for everything it, else, anti fucking straw hat, but they were the straw hats and the ghost of Tsushima. Called capitalism, right there. I guess everything's called that. Like, I just think it's just throwing out, like, the source words and shit. Yo, and they don't be matching what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> what are you smoking? Are we smoking the same thing? Dichotomy. Look, straw hats on one end or your friends, straw hats on the other. Dichotomy. No, that doesn't make sense. Something that splits two. And then capitalism is capitalizing on the fact that there's both sides, you know? Capitalizing on both sides of the action. Come on, guys. Catch up. Wouldn't that be capitalization? Capitalism, capitalization. I believe you're right. I think I <laughs> to capitalize on. Although yeah. capitalism also. All right. You are right on dichotomy. A division or contrast between two things that are or or are represented as being opposed or entirely different. So uh, you actually use that one. I know that perfectly. I, I already knew that. That's why I used it, guys. <laughs> 10 points for Gryffindor. Look, I don't proclaim to be the most educated person in the world. I know I'm stupid. I'm gonna That's why I right use... Now. I am not... I use the internet, as George Bush <laughs> said, George W. W, the dubs. I use the internet to develop my information knowledge. And sometimes I fall into the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole, <laughs> as most Americans do. And so I believe a lot of bullshit. Therefore... <laughs> I try to hire intelligent people as yourselves to learn words like dichotomy. Yes, the so H is I silent. Can. I know. So which it's really spelled like dick ho to me. No, no, it's, no, it's it is D I C H O T O M Y. That or would, is dick ho to my that would be pronounced or the diction would for that would be actually dishotomy because how do you get an S in that? How did you just make up an S in that? When followed Even by... Even in the diction, it's D-I-K-A-D-A-M-E. There's no S in that. Where did you fucking well, create that, an S? It was just a trail. Like Ekans from Pokemon. Ekans. But remember, that's that's the phonetics. That's just how it's to be said properly. I but mean, if you were to read... Dichotomy you know, looks like, like word, Dichotomy looks like the kind of word that came from a Greek nigga. Dichotomy. It looks like... This show- it's from Dichotomous and Dichotomous. Like <laughs> huh? Yeah, it That's what it looks like. This show to me, but it's still spelled Dick Ho. Well, Tommy. well, see, that's why they split it up in three. See, because the die is what makes two. That means the, two. The chot. The root word. I don't know what that means. I know in India, chot means like motherfucker or some mother chot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know the the what is it the where that word comes from chot. You know right. what's funny? Hot. You know what's funny? The CH is pronounced like a K just because niggas said so a long time ago. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise it don't make... It, it shapeshifts. It's like Mystique from X-Men. It's just like sometimes it's ch, sometimes it's k. Why? Niggas said so. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> right. Sometimes they make those sh, like chalet. Yeah, sometimes it's sh. Why? Hey, niggas said so. A long Easy. ass time ago. Beat you to it. If you would have came across or came up with the rule way back when, said, hey, niggas, this is canon. Niggas would have been like, all right, then. And that would have been that. And then he would have played Ray J. I hit it first afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I need what he's smoking, guys. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) He rolled it. (laughs) 
Ain't y'all smoking the same shit? It just has we different are. effects. Obviously, yeah, it doesn't affect my brain the same way this man brain. Nah, he just been smoking all day, probably. Depends probably on the. Uh, took a sip of coffee and then smoked a blunt. Depends on the way your frontal lobe metabolizes. I don't know you, bro. What you doing? I mean, I woke up and smoked a blunt. I didn't have no coffee, so I'm just assuming. You drink coffee, right? No. All right, well. I drink tea, motherfucker. Like a London Brit. He probably... Shout out to the Brits who are checking out the Jazzy Comedy Show. We see y'all tuning in to all the latest episodes. We love y'all British motherfuckers. James Bond and, and shit. By the way, shout out to all my Brits out there listening to the Jazzy Comedy Show. We want to give you a great shout out right now, all the way from London to Liverpool, wherever you are out there in the UK. This is my greatest British accent, as best I can do, just for you mates. Love you, bruvs. Stay up. Wall out. Peace from America. Shout out to Giggs and those those niggas, uh, Scans, whatever their names are, those British rappers, rapper-ass niggas. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad, man. Yeah. Shout out to Johnny Newcamp for that fucking hella yeah. good. Was that, was that boyable? We, we just think, like, maybe he's from, like, London, maybe a little bit. I mean, you would have got me, but, like, you know, I ain't never been there. No, it's so. like East London shit, like, from Brixton. Like, I was listening to it, and I was waiting for it to break, and it kind of did. London. Like, you kind of maintained. Yeah, like, you kind of maintained it pretty well. I was impressed. Hey, I appreciate that. All you directors out there with your movies, I'm for hire. Come get me. I'm locked up here in Oakland. Come shoot me <laughs> up. I'm ready to work now, today, any day, any town, any place. You are not locked up. This is the Ear Hustle podcast. I Shout thought that was hustle. like Lundish Jagger for like, you know, placed here or like situated here or like being here for now. Yo, that is fucking amazing, bro. Thanks, bro. Buck, 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 buck. <laughs> Bullet, 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 bullet. Hey, Javon, do you get accents? Are we just playing with accents now? That's dope. Who else get accents? I ain't get no fucking accents. My my voice already funny enough. I mean, yours is one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I got, I got hella accents. Name a country. I bet you I can do an accent. German, nigga. Oh, German's actually one of my favorite accents to do because I just pretend like I'm a little Nazi guy from World War II and I talk like this. I know it's probably offensive to a lot of Germans, but it's not, hey, sorry, sorry, listenership. Sorry, listenership. I'm sure that was great. Other than that, I can talk like German, maybe a little. If I try really hard, I could sound like I'm from Germany, maybe. Whoa, actually, when you did the breathy part, it sounded like a German dude that I know. Uh, can't remember his fucking name. When I used to work at a uh, resistance, yeah, 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 Germans are very breathy. They're very breathy. He talks I used to live in Germany. I don't remember talking that breathy, but hey, it sounds good to me. No, just this guy, this, this dude in particular. Niggas and, choking and, on jock branches while they yeah, talking and shit. At the same time. And then he was like, Hey, how you doing? He talked about, <laughs> like, he talked about finances 127% of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you have to move to the market when the market closes. You don't want to be there too late. <laughs> you, you don't know, want to be there too <laughs> late. You lose all of your interest money and you can't move it to your other accounts. I got a good Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know, that was like Austin. Diversify your bonds. You need to move your bonds around. Get in the chopper and leave your briefcase. Bring a checkbook and M16. Hey, what is, the, uh, what is he doing when he makes that sound? Yeah, that's He's what fucked. he does when he files his taxes. <laughs> w, you know, what, you know what, JC? To be honest with you, 
you might have to ask that question to the first nigga to ever try to impersonate Arnold Schwarzenegger because I'm sure Arnold sitting there. No, because I'm sure Arnold sitting there like nigga, I've never done. I don't even know how to. Who did this? Who made this shit up? Who sullied my name? I worked hard as fuck, and the nigga reduced me to and waits. And, all right, I understand the weightlifting, but the I've never. In his first early movies, anytime you know he would have a line, all I remember him saying was like, "No," you, see you know, and he, he would always yeah. scream in pain or something, or like yeah, you know, like that Christmas get movie shot or stabbed. He was like, "That's where came all the way." Is one of my favorite Christmas movies to this day. If you really want, who put them? Who put them two niggas together? Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. That was so brilliant. See, that's what people need to be doing more. They be trying to make people solo artists. You better get like the NBA and start putting these stars together more often because I love that shit, bro. Hell yeah. Well, they used to do that. Um, you know, Gene Wilder and uh Well, they did it. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. They did yeah. Will they used to do this. Kevin Hart. Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart. Yeah. Okay. They did that one. But well, they need to do more of it. Well, they kind of drove into the ground, like with some of these parents. It's like, oh, that's right. It's a buddy cop comedy with uh, this guy who's totally not like this guy, and you know what's about to happen after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like Will Smith's latest movies have been, you know, they they're good. They're on their philosophy tip, right? And you know, his best movies, honestly, was like with Tommy Lee Jones with Martin Lawrence, mm-hmm. right? Like, we know these movies. He did a couple with his son. His One of his best music videos was with his son, just the two of us. It was just some cool, classy shit. Well, you just got to look at where the, follow the money. If you look at the money, the movies that come out, you know, it's just a formula that's been transferred to big Hollywood, you know? So when you go to a, a, a production studio, say, I want to shoot a movie with my buddy, they say, well, we got this other big budget movie with these other two actors. We're going to go with theirs. You know what I'm saying? And you got to think, you know, part Actors like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith and them started that, you know, with the whole cameo thing with yeah. with uh, Eddie Eddie Murphy trying to do that, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, 48 hours and another 48 hours. And, and, and then, so you got to think it's always been like some kind of affirmative action thing where they run that style all the way to the top where you have Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds in those model movies, you know what I'm right. saying? So they've run its it's run its course to the point where they're just waiting on us to introduce more stuff that's if you notice that that's all it is you know yeah i I like that i think that shit is hot as like that's like you gotta you gotta remember the art of experimentation everything can't be that or else you lose the magic you know what i'm saying like if if i created the jazzy comedy show based on data it wouldn't be the jazzy comedy show i don't know what the fuck it would be because i don't give a fuck about what the data looks like you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. it's Spirit is art, is soul, is jazz, is is music, is underground, is is life, right? Is when I'm gardening on the street and I throw a couple of seeds out, and then later I'm seeing some basil randomly as I'm walking down the street from the little basil seeds I grew. I don't care if I ever eat that basil, but now it's something beautiful and sweet, and even maybe holy for somebody else to pick, right? That's yes, that, and I think if, if everything's like, well, how would the data look with a Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson. Yo, who gives a fuck? Put it out. Because Samuel got some followers. Ryan got some followers. We love them both for different reasons. And we just gonna play that shit out. Incoming! Uh, y'all gotta forgive the Jesse County Show for getting his phone calls. Excuse me. Hey, it happens to the best of us potters, man. 
the best of us potters and why we be potting. Hey man, speaking of potting, we smoke on our show, the Jazzy Comedy Show. And if you guys out there got your own little weed strand or whatever, we love to smoke your weed on our show and tell people about it and just basically mention it every time, you know, we, we do this show. So if y'all want to go ahead, send us some weed to smoke, we'll, we'll tell people to smoke it too. And then, you know, we can all smoke some weed. Besides that, I wanted to say, Trevante, do you, do you smoke? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. What's your favorite strain? You like Indica's or Sativa's? I just had some uh, of the finest Blue Dream. I grew some Blue Dream once. Blue Dream's a good one. I consider that a Sativa. How about you? It is not a Sativa, but I understand why. Um, It's probably Sativa dominant for sure, Um, but it's definitely a hybrid. They just always mispackage it as a a pure Sativa, and it's so far from it because it sits right in your body, and you feel real nice immediately. Um, like, so it's definitely, it has strong indica properties, but you definitely have a beautiful, clear, creative, um, cerebral high as well. That's why Blue Dream's balance is incredible. Equally potent on both sides. It is. I agree. I agree. It's the only strand that I can smoke where I can actually play video games because I can sit there mm-hmm. because Indica and I can actually play the video games because a little sativa, you know, it keeps me active and engaged and, you know, moving all my fingers hella fast to beat everybody's ass on the video games. So you're, you're super sharp. You're very sharp. You're just very, very, very relaxed and glad to be alive. You know what I'm saying? And so definitely like watching anime, playing video games, um, blue dreams are beautiful strain to do all of that shit with creatively. Most you know and where something else you have a, a time limit, like, and it's, it starts to count down, and then eventually you're just about to be out of there. <laughs> you know, it'll get you out of there, and it won't allow you to be, um, you know, and really. That, that's what I say. That's what I say about edibles, man. I, I'm real careful with edibles because there's no off button. You know what I'm saying? You take that shit, you're you're locked in for the whole ride. Yeah, you're, not, you're along for the ride. You know what I'm saying? So it's like with an edible. It kicks in when it feels like it. It will eventually. It'll get to it. Quit fucking. Stop fucking sweating me, says the edible, when you're like, hey, so where's the high at? It's like, nigga, I'll get there. I'm getting to it. I'm busy right now. And so I was like, nigga, I'm kind of not busy right now. That's why I took you. (laughs) So there was some effects, you know, some effects. Now, like, hour and a half later, two hours later, if I'm doing something different, then it's when you decide to get high, get me high. (laughs) Now you getting busy. And then you can't turn that shit off. No. It's just like right now. No, you did it two hours prior. Two hours later is when the joint is where the, the uh, journey begins for some people, depending on what it is, too. You know, like what kind of happened. True. You True. Know? I'll ask. I'll leave the strong ones. So yeah. they be strong. Mm. The, the best Kush ever is Bubba Kush, just for the record. If cats don't know, pre 98 Bubba is good too, but just classic Bubba Kush. That's been your favorite. Oh, it's it's just the best. It makes you feel the best. It keeps you focused. You're like literally stoned like a rock in the water. Like, and it smells hella good and tastes good too. You know what I'm saying? I don't even find bubble cookies anymore because everybody's like, oh, cookies, oh, gorilla glue, oh, cookies, and cookies, and cookies, and Ant cookies, and strawberry cookies, GMO cookies. Yeah. Remember um, LSD Bubba? 
Yes, LSD Bubba is fire for the listeners. Oh my god. Not actually have LSD in it. It's just the name of the title of Kush. But yeah, it's a fire brand. Man, I think that that's where I got, man. Uh we were seeing sounds and hearing colors from. We were out in Malibu. Mm-hmm. That's when we had it. We had that and Durban Poison, mm-hmm. which has legendarily Durban high THC. Yeah, Durban Poison is also a great one. Reminds me of a little bit of cherry pie, which I think has Durban Poison in it mixed with like a sativa, some type, um, which that's all the new weed is anyway. It's just like well, cross spliced two or three plants. Well, that's what cookies is. Cookies is Durban Poison, I think XJ13, and Granddaddy Perp. Yeah, which are all great. That's crazy, because by themselves, that's crazy, because their parents are crazy. So, like, XJ13, the main parent is Jack Harris. Exactly. Which is fire. It's mixed with with X13. Yeah. And that's why they call it XJ13. X13 was, like, some crossbred fucking... Great ass weed. I, don't, I can't figure out what. How, I don't think I smoked. It's got, it's got some great story about how it X-J. survived hella long through some labs and trials and shit, and it came out. I was like, boom, X thirteen. Supposed to be THC weed possible and shit, but that was years ago. JC, you have because I oh. I remember the weird space names. I was like, what was that? Some space weed? Um, when you, you got X-13? it from? Yeah, I didn't know it was X thirteen by itself. You got it from uh, Sunset. Sunset. Now, shout out to Sunset Herbal. They ain't even paying us to say this, but if you're in the LA areas, not Louisiana or Louisville, for y'all Louisville areas, or tell y'all any girls, y'all from LA. I'm talking about the Valley in LA, Northridge, all that, but it's not in Northridge. Sunset Herbal is the spot to get good quality, but, and I'll tell you that as a customer only that has just enjoyed many great nights with many great brothers and sisters on the top of the with our rooftop terrace, Shivanti, and we was just smoking under the stars in L.A., man. That terrace? We was creating the clouds for L.A. <laughs> like my nigga Currency said, man, we seen it all from the terrace. Look, it reminded me of D. Hill because we had him up there so much. Shout out to Daniel Hill, known by the, his loved ones and homies that appreciate him as D. Hill. He'll actually be on the Jazzy Family Show. Later today, so we have an episode coming out. He has a new movie coming out on Netflix. I don't even know the name of it because it's all brand new. But it's with Tom Holland from Spider-Man. It's directed and produced by the Russo brothers, who their last movie was Avengers Endgame. And my man Daniel Hill is in the mix. And he'll be stopping by in the midst of his Hollywood steps and, and film features to uh, entertain us here at the Jazzy County Show. I'm really excited about it. That's what's up. Can't wait. Future film, D. Hill. Yeah, man, D. Hill's unstoppable, fam. He's fucking unstoppable. And he's like a Shakespearean actor, like theater, the arts, was in all these different programs. I mean, he's been in a lot of, a lot of shit over the years. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I read his IMBD, I'd be like, dang, bro, you've been busy. Yeah, like he was, <laughs> he was Chad, whatever his last name was, in The Resident. Um, and I'm sure the listenership has seen The Resident, which has been a long-running TV show. Can't remember the network, but shout out to uh, that show for putting my boy on. And so he he was on that. He did the Russo Brothers film, who, like you said, just did Avengers Endgame. And then um, he has another uh, Netflix exclusive that just uh, 
it came out what 2020 Russ Creek Russ, Russ Creek. Creek yeah that's a good one too yeah he's all over the place and he's and only begun was a, that was a top 10 film in the, on Netflix as soon as it came out and yeah like you said he just he really just started that's what make it amazing you know like, that's what's up yeah man he's busy out there working Right, killing the game. Daniel Hill, man. If y'all want to check out his IMBD. Shout out Daniel Hill. We see you, D Hill. Talking to you later. And I can't wait to smoke with you, bruh. That sunset herbal we used to light up, bruh. It took us all, what'd you say, X plus one T? X plus one. <laughs> and when y'all figure out what that is, y'all to get there. You get there when you do, if you do it, you know. If if you know if you do it all. <laughs> Monkey D. Trevante in the building from the I Mean podcast here on the Jazzy Comedy Show. Kicking it gangster with us, how we do. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming through, chopping it up with us. And we ain't in the internet, are we? No, I was just yeah, giving him a yeah, shout out. You was just shouting me out, hey, bro. Leave your fears off the, <laughs> off the mic. Turn your mic down when you got to be scared. Yo, scared. He was like, hey, Yo. guys. Are we turning off the show? I was just Are we turning off the equipment and we kick me out, JC. I, I just don't. I just lit this blunt and come so I, I was just checking real quick. Hey. So. Do I need to take my blunt and go. Hey, oh nine, go with the flow ass nigga. Go hey, Jelani sometimes talk like he went to private school oh, in the suburbs and he ain't never lived in Oakland but the last two weeks. Bro. I talk I talk like that because I used to snowboard and ski a lot, bro. I spent a lot of time in Tahoe, bro. No, that's Trucky why you're keeping uh, that, hey, you know, that hey, I, I take notes. Yeah, I was just talking about it. taking trips to Lake Havasu and shit. Uh, I, I didn't grow up taking taking trips to Lake Havasu. Nah, bro. you said uh, when you was in school, college. Oh, I did though. Yeah, in college, I went to so I went to college in Arizona. So you know, I listen. That's just there too. Yeah, for real. I appreciate you for remembering that shit. Havasu went crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I've dabbled in a lot of extreme places, a lot of extreme sports, you know, where the jaws a little slacked. You know what I'm saying? From all the, you know, just. Jaws were oh. slacked. What's wrong with your jaw, bro? Why is your you jaw just, slacked? Because you're just seeing so many awesome things, you know what I'm saying? You're, awesome you're, things that make it, that hill. jaw slack? Jaw open, jaw dropped. Jaw uh, open is worse than dropped. jaw slacked. Jaw dropped. Close your mouth, Negro. Keep shit. your mouth shut, nigga. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, put something in there. Calm yeah, bro. Yeah. Only, your mom ain't teaching you weird ass niggas clothes. like you niggas would say shit like you that. You got to protect your orifices at, uh, at all times. Right. Obviously, you ain't never been in jail. You ain't learning to sleep with your mouth yeah, closed. Man. I'm talking about when I talk, you niggas are some weird ass niggas for that one. <laughs> look, all I'm saying is, look, man, when you're going down the hill, hella fast you know what i'm saying and the fucking sun shining off that snow you're looking at all these trees you just you just open you know what i'm saying you relax it's you awesome say, dude. Wow, dude hey dude it's joy bro i understand that's all i'm saying i understand you know that's all you were saying just joy that's all i'm trying joy. to say damn. in all well, well all i'm saying guys is that you know you know in my little time growing up and spending time in you know the beautiful uh, rolling hills of Kentucky um, and the, the great plains of Indiana. I don't know I, why he talks I, like that. I, I've spent, <laughs> I I've spent time as well uh, skiing and snowboarding and falling down the mountains at Paoli Peaks and over uh, in Gatlinburg and Tennessee and over in Ten- and, in North Carolina. I, I, I've skied also down the mountains. And, and you know what? 
it did make me say, dude. He's speaking that's like a awesome. speaker like a he have a sticker stuck up in his ass. Uh, don't don't <laughs> don't interrupt my accent because because I didn't learn how to say dude when I was skiing. I was just like, yo, bro, you say dude all the fly. time. You say dude all the time. Dude, no, I don't. You just said it. Dude, I'm gonna throw your dude ass out. You stay <laughs> that's because you're a dude. So I call it, I say dude I'm to a dude. you because you're a dude. He's a dude. Cause we're all dudes. Hey. Come on, you saw that movie. Why are you hating? Everybody hey. said was that dude? Where's my car? Oh, what no, the fuck? fam. Good no. burger. Good burger, sir. Home of the good okay. burger. How dare you? How dare I? He just gentrified our fucking moment, bro. <laughs> Yo, the moment got gentrified. Hey, gentrified it, moment. Yeah. You know what? You know what, fellas? I think we're all even. It's been flavoring fouls just flying all across this podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> Some flavoring ones. <laughs> I own my shit. G. Wallace shit. has entered the building. Yep, I own my shit. It's a bunch of flavoring fouls. That's what makes it so fucking fun, bro. <laughs> Hey, Jelani, Jelani's constantly offending me with his suburban voice. I just don't know how to take it. I was like, dude, you know what? Got you from uh, West Oakland, dude. He's and easily he like, offended oh, too, isn't he? Dubs, bro. I have triggers, bro. He's, like he's I have real triggers. triggers. <laughs> I, I grew up in social media over the last oh, five years, and I've learned about? that if you talk to me and it's not nice, that's why I moved to Oakland, where they say talk to me nice because I want you to talk to me what nice. What the fuck? Then you don't have to trigger me from all the trauma and the dramatic pain of growing up, hey. and having an abusive childhood, and being fucked up. But you guys don't care about my triggers because you're just rude. We're sorry ass, about your triggers, dude. <laughs> that's what it is. We're sorry about you. I treatment. don't like rude dudes. That's why I don't talk to you rude dudes anymore. You, I'm done. I'm sorry. We apologize for your triggers, all of that. We love you though. You know what I'm saying? We'll get you some counseling. So did we Look, switch roles? I, so Jelani's JC right now, and then JC. I got lost like three minutes ago. All so right. I'm so just, let me just bring you up to speed then. Where we were at. JC's been Jelani for a minute, and then <laughs> you started sounding like what JC oughta had had been sounding like. But y'all just switch roles like Freaky Fridays with like like Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, who who is that bitch? Uh, Lindsay you trying Ann. to gentrify the moment again? <laughs> it got gentrified again. There's a lot of gentrification going on around here <laughs> in our great nation across our amber waves of grain. It's a lot that, of that's very true. That's very you, 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 <laughs> another trigger, guys. I don't I don't want to talk about it. That gentrification just bothers me. I'm gonna get this nigga some counseling. I tried to see Doctor Phil once. He wouldn't see me because I was black. You know, but I hear he's a good guy. I heard he was great, but he's a great he said, dude. He's too black. Damn. And I was like, but I'm yellow. And he was like, you're yellow, black. I was like, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> Shout out to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Shout out to Wiz. <laughs> Shout out to Wiz. <laughs> Shout out to Rostrum Records. Oh, Shout out to Taylor Gang since we own that. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, Man. So, Jelani, what's uh? Was that your favorite game of, of, of last year? How did you feel when Ghost of Tsushima dropped out of just nowhere? How did it come across? I was happy as fuck. Honestly, Man. I've been looking at that shit since like 2015 or something. Oh, you've been like, following it for that long? I, bro, I used to get the Game Informers and shit, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. So look, man, I've been following video games for hella long, right? Because like me, I'm all into like, well, I'm not all into it, but what I enjoy in movies and video games is the graphics, right? And one time I had this big cousin who built his own computer and he was always telling me about his 
about a graphics card. Graphics card will allow you to have better graphics. That's why computers have better graphics than your PlayStation. And so once I learned about the technology and some of this shit, I started reading these game informers and then they started talking about the next gen systems. You know, I went from, I started at PlayStation. So I read and learned about PlayStation 2. Then I learned about PlayStation 3. So I'm, I'm following all the technology and shit, right? And so Ghost of Tsushima comes up as like, oh, it's going to be this great samurai game because there's all these samurai games that come out and they all suck. You know what I'm saying? I, or I didn't like them or I, you know, I didn't want to buy them. Or I didn't want to play them. They were, you had to read subtitles or whatever. There was something about it. It was too RPG. I, ne- I never liked them. And so I, I saw Ghost of Tsushima and I was like, oh, it's going to be the same writers and creators who create my, some of my other favorite titles like uh, Assassin's Creed, Prince of Persia. You know what I'm saying? Um, those two games. Prince and so of Persia, like, bro. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. Those, are the, those are the ones, right? Yes. So. So, so I was looking like, okay, they're gonna fi- they're gonna figure out how to the Jazzy Comedy Show at this moment, just so y'all know. We're gonna figure out how to do <laughs> next gen technology with like true samurai story, right? And then so it took him hella long to figure out how to do it, and all you know, technology changed over the years. So it finally dropped. And so when it dropped, I was like, it's about fucking time. But then I I was kind of like mad because I knew that they were dropping it right before PS5 comes out because they're trying to get their sales from the PS4 and the PS5. You know what I'm saying? It just so happens PS5 got delayed, so everybody's getting their PS4 sales, and they're getting their PS5 sales just like like they wanted. So when it dropped, I was surprised, but I was also like, it's overdue, but then I was also like, well, I guess they're doing it better now than never because PS5 is about to drop. So then when I played it, I was like, yeah, this is exactly what it needed to be. Came out at the perfect time. Man, these old whole-ass PS5 scalpers, bro. <laughs> Man, turn Scalpers. it into hey, for PS4. Buying them all up and then trying to resell them and shit. I asked my partner. I was like, yo, man, let me get a PS5. He was like, oh, uh, well, I'm not going to the store. You know, I got the hookup, but you got to pay like over. I was like, nigga, you don't have the hookup then. What the fuck are you talking about? JC, we, JC, we can't <laughs> fucking win, bro. We got this pandy going on. You know what I'm saying? They want your whole stimulus check. They want your whole, all of your shit. <laughs> PS5. What's your kids? Ain't nobody got no jobs nowhere. Ain't nobody got no sense. Maximum levels of political and civil unrest, insurrections, and you can't get your fucking long awaited, highly heralded PS5, PlayStation 5, next next gen console because you got these bitch ass uh, pirates who decided that'll be the way that they make a little dough. During this time of struggle, it's by snatching niggas' Christmases, <laughs> holding Literally. PS5s hostage, just buying a bunch, using robots and bots to yep. buy a bunch of them instantaneously at the same time as soon as they become available, so the regular public consumers can't just go to the store and get a console like they used to be able to do. Yeah, so alleviate themselves of some of the stresses and pitfalls of living during these times. That's so- <laughs> our fucked up capitalism, man. They did the Boy. same thing: toilet paper. And motherfucking water. Now they're doing it with PS5s. Now, the funny thing is, and I was talking about this in a previous hard episode of mine on I Mean, I was like, what's goofy about it is like, Sony, you know how many niggas got PS3s? Oh, you do? Cool. Do you know how many niggas bought PS2s? Oh, you do? You have those numbers? Okay, cool. (laughs) Do you know how many niggas had PS4s before they had PS5s? Oh, really? You do? Build that many motherfucking PS5s. There should be shortages. (laughs) We should all have enough. You should oh, put everyone is- on your fucking list 
who had or purchased a fucking PS4, look up the UPC labels and understand every fucking unit in every fucking crib and just make that many. So what you got to realize is this is what they do, right? This is how the video game shit works. And most production shits work, right? There's a reason why shit takes hella years and hella long. But it goes like this. They build the software all in one place and they send it around to get tested and shit. But to get the actual system built, let me first say, yes, they do look at those numbers. And every year they look to double those numbers, right? So already they're like, oh, we sold 200 million PS4s. We're going to sell 500 million PS5s. But the production still comes out the same. When they're able to ramp up their production, it's not by masses. It's only over years that they're able to even ramp it up at all. Mm -hmm. So instead of creating a million units in the first year and a half, they're able to create 2.5 million units in the first year and a half. Get what I'm saying? And they they really, what would make that business more effective like you want it to be is pre-orders. Is if, if, if a bunch, if those same people pre-ordered the PS, whatever next system every year, then there would be a guarantee to make all those systems. But since there is no guarantee to make all those systems, they make a certain few available and then create a year long and, you know, whatever process long uh, income stream that lasts. Oh, so you're saying that, um, essentially like to maintain a profit margin is like, I, I don't want to spend so much more money on production than we need to. So we're, we're not going to make a bunch of them in advance. We don't know if those guys are going to go to Xbox or if they want to stay with PS4 or even get a console at all when it's time for them to get the next gen. So we're not going to just estimate how, or just assume that everyone who has a PS4 is going to want a PS5. So we're just going to see how it goes with this finite number. That's how the system is built. Like Sony can walk into the fucking meeting with all their suppliers and production people and say, I want to make 2 million PS5s this year. And they're going to look at you and say, I don't have enough people for that. I don't have no supply for that. Mm. How are you going to test all of those in that much amount of time? How are you going to do that? You're going to have to pay all of like it changes the, the way the whole system is built. So the system is built just in case people do want to change their minds. We just drip it out slowly. You know what I'm saying? So everything we drop is bought or else we have a bunch of PS5s that we can't use because our system can't be turned into anything else. That's what I'm saying. We, all yeah. shit but the crazy in. part about that, right, is they're not selling cheeseburgers that's going to get spoiled, right? So it's like could, as she said, Look at the UPC labels at the least and say, look, in 2013, we sold, you know, or the last PS4 sold, you know, 40 million copies. We can build at least half of that right now, knowing that these people probably want to buy the PS5. And that, from what you're saying, John, it makes sense, but it also sounds like uh, Sony don't know they cut the consumer base. It sounds like they don't know, like, because if you on your fifth edition, People obviously been rocking with you for the last 20 years. I remember the first Sony yeah. place came out. Well, it's like, why wouldn't you be prepared for some pre-orders or for some just uh, demand? Like, I mean, you know that the demand is there, but yet you don't provide well, the supply. They, they, were, they were prepared for it, but you got, like you say, you got these things with these bots who are literally just buying them all up. And then it's so bad. You're like, you got to remember, like, they make PlayStations for America. They make them for Europe. They make them for mm -hmm. Asia. 
you got motherfuckers who are so smart who can buy them from other countries and swap out their fucking shit mm-hmm. and make them work in other countries. So you got motherfuckers who are buying them from all over the place. I think I'd be sending the link out. Like if like, I if I was the owner of PlayStation and you ever bought a PlayStation and we got your email address and obviously we get your email address because everything's on the they cloud do. now. They send you that. I would send the link out to say, look, claim your PlayStation here your number they do 14 million seven hundred fifty nine thousand eight hundred eleven and when you click this link you're first of all because you're a consistent customer you get a hundred dollars off and you can buy it and we ship it directly to whatever address you put in this right now because you're a customer of sony and we fuck with well you. that's why we're having this conversation because we didn't do that they do send those out like i could have just pre-ordered my playstation 6 from my fucking playstation i mean playstation 5 from my playstation 4 i just didn't want to that's all it is like, trust me, they make they it so make it, you can they guarantee. They make it easy, though. They should give you a oh, discount trust me. They make it really easy for you to get their new system, bro. Okay. Trust me. They will. They have a pop-up that comes in the middle of your fucking game. Like, buy the new PS5. Buy, like, trust me. We were you fucking want, around. You can get that shit. Okay. Yeah. We're <laughs> fucking around, and so we're paying the price. Yeah, that's all because, it is. Because we, had, we have this invisible bitch-ass enemy that we didn't necessarily have. We didn't necessarily have this bitch-ass uh, organization before that had yeah. this technology to just snatch them as soon as oh. inventory is plus one is going to check out already because this robot like, is algorithmically or whatever designed to just do that. Find like up all the airline yeah. tickets as soon as they come out. It's like yes. when Ticketmaster they would <laughs> yes. find up all the fucking concert tickets using a bot to buy up all concert tickets and shit. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's all. We didn't see that shit coming. We saw COVID like, happen. I, I want to put together like, a damn. show for the Jazz Comedy Show in Madison Square Garden. And whoever gets tickets is great. But if a hacker want to come buy out 20,000 tickets and they don't show up, I'm okay with that shit too, nigga. <laughs> we eat good that week. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And you didn't have to do much. Yeah, so I'm like, Sony ain't complaining. They're just like, oh, extra 500, extra 500, <laughs> extra 500, extra 500. Nigga, they hacked, they hacked the people and they bought $5 million worth of PlayStations. What you want to do about that? Are we going to build some more and sell them to the people anyway? Exactly. They're going to buy them too. Well, we'll just keep building. <laughs> that, I mean, it sounds like they probably bind up their own shit just to fuck with y'all, bro. They doing that too. Every PlayStation employee got like 100 PlayStations and they could just chill and like, oh. Mm-hmm. The thing about it this way, though, if these... Bitch niggas are buying up <laughs> all of these PS5s and they're marking them up a cartoonish amount of money. Some people like me are just willing to wait until they become available again and then eventually people will get theirs and then I'll get mine, right? So they have mad PS5s chilling on the off chance that maybe they'll get that back. So it's a $2,000. This is just a number I'm throwing out. A $2,000 PS5. I'm going to just wait a month and I'm going to just pay my $400, my $399. I don't have to do myself that way. I don't have to spend times five or five X for something I know only costs this because right. I just can't fucking be disciplined and wait a minute. Nah. So you, all of the Sony employees know when they coming out and they got the software, obviously to build a PS five, they got the software to buy the shit off the internet. <laughs> They're all selling it under Koshimo Dragon 649 on eBay and Amazon right now for 1500 bro. That's what the hustle is. The Sony employees are selling the PS5 to y'all individually after they bought the PS5, after releasing the PS5. Well, maybe not There's the some Sony employees. some drug game shit, bro. <laughs> but the distros. You feel me? Distros, like power. 
I'm me? telling you, the I'm telling you. And the distros yeah. are holding on to the PS5s, man. That's why we can play Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> in next-gen <laughs> console, my friend. <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yo, that's that part. That part. That part. I've been looking at niggas like that all day, like, do you understand the words? I was watch I was watching the inauguration today, man. I had some thoughts, man. I was wondering, you know, did you watch it? You got any kind of just thoughts on what you saw? You glad that uh, you know, we finally got this over with? Or what? What's up? You know, <coughs> it's good that it's over with, but uh I can say with the utmost candor that I did not spend a moment of my day tuning into the telly to watch the inauguration. You didn't watch it? No, I didn't. My, my, look, let me tell you something about my brother. Thank you. Oh, that was so high five, J- Jelani. Look, Jelani got the buttons down on the roaster. I love it. <laughs> we didn't argue about that. Y'all can hear it on previous shows where we didn't like went to blows and he busted my eye, busted his lip, and you know we made up, but it happened. Um, I love that you get that. Yo, fuck you, Chavanti, for not being political. I'm this nigga's best friend and brother <laughs> since we were 17 years old. He has literally been the vice president of the Student African American Brotherhood with me. He sat at protests 10 years before Black Lives Matter was even mentioned just for black people, for mothers who needed uh, housing on our campus. He has protested with us, tuition increases, knowing this motherfucker was on a full ride and so was I and most of our friends. This motherfucker is as political as they come. Monkey D. Trevante. I'm telling your secrets, motherfucker. And he don't take no shit. He doesn't through a chair, through a window on the out of a restaurant over a second floor because a nigga called him a name that he was not happy with. And so I just want to give y'all a little piece of Monkey Tree D. Chiranti. Hark, who goes there? Bruh, they stay calling the Jesse County show. All good. All gravy. So, while... Yeah, so while people... While he's on act like he's not... Blue, I don't watch inaugurations. <laughs> Well, I just got some. This this Negro is he done uh, guided me on political campaigns using his Hollywood talent and his fucking Syracuse degree in film and study when I needed to start shooting commercials for candidates and I had no idea what I was doing. But then now I've shot like over a dozen commercials for motherfucking political candidates because of how this motherfucker has guided me through it. He pays attention all the time, so I just want to put that out there that to even. Act like, oh, I didn't watch a minute of the inauguration. Yeah, he probably didn't because it was whatever. But let's not act like this Negro ain't political or in that game, even if it's just in his subconscious. And when I need to ask him some questions, Nick. Listenership, please take heed to all of the things that he had just said about me. These things are true, they are not false. That is fact, it is not fiction. Um, but the question was Monkey D. Gervonti. And I said, huh? And after I said, huh? He asked, did you watch the inauguration? Monkey D. Gervonti's listening to the question being asked. And so Monkey D. Gervonti responds, in all honesty, listenership, Monkey D. Gervonti says, 
Nah. I it doesn't matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, rock, rock the Dwayne Johnson. Bro, I was when you after like the fifth monkey D. Travanti says, I was like, is he the rock? Is he is he is he, this is the rock? Hey, this is the rock stuff. I've heard this before on, on Thursday night SmackDown. This is the rock stuff. Oh, yeah, if the yeah. rock has an illegitimate child out of Cincinnati, Hawaii. It's Monkey D. Chiranti. This nigga is biggest <laughs> and swole for no reason. I always say this nigga's a silver surfer because he's been built like a fucking rock since I met this nigga. I was like, we first went to uh, play basketball. Everybody rocking their jerseys. I'm like, nigga, why are you built like a fucking machine? And I'm sure even the wrestlers was looking at the rock like, I mean, come on, bro. This is pretend, bro. We just acting like, what the, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So... I definitely think the Rock, Dwayne Rock Johnson is your illegitimate daddy. <laughs> he is bastard ass son, bro. I'm just gonna say that on Jazzy. Yeah, show. we know he didn't watch it, but I, when I watched it, all I, all I could, I was just waiting for the part where you know they walk up to the White House and you know Trump is standing there with Melania and they pass it off to Biden and Jill. Cause I, I, I just felt like they were gonna have a fight. He said they, they pass it off fight. like the presidency's a book, like they just give the book over. <laughs> well, you know, the black or whatever. If you pass. Black Clover, have you seen that anime? Yeah, you just it's a grimoire, you just hand it off. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. That's all. See, yeah, they passed that thing off, but I didn't see that moment. I didn't get to see the moment where they passed it off. All I saw was like, you know, the actual inauguration and stuff like that. You know, knew a couple people was over there, you know what I'm saying? And it, it was weird actually seeing the inauguration. It was like a Greek theater. They had all these platforms. It was like not really open. And I was like, man, this is interesting. I asked somebody, hey, where's Trump at? And they're like, he's in New York. He's not even invited. And I was like, wow. You're this is not even invited. Probably a weird inauguration. So thank God. All I was thinking. Away from the button. Really? <laughs> I was just like, man, thank God we hopefully got some normal people in there now, man. Like. Ain't, that none, guy. ain't none of them niggas normal, man. That's not a normal I mean, game like, that normal people play. <laughs> okay, maybe not normal, but damn, not. I mean, look, bloodthirsty, I, maybe. I hope Biden and <laughs> and Kamala do great. I'm the best. Right. Whoever's running that bitch, I hope that they can do the best job they yeah. possibly can. I don't but care who it history is. doesn't prove that, but I mean, we we wish them well. But I mean, history yeah. Biden's been in the Senate for like forty six years or something. It's like, nigga. You're going to really have to do everything different than what you did over the last 46 years for me to be like, oh, okay, you a good president. I, I kind of expect more of the same, but I hope for the best. Kamala, we know she was a prosecutor. I love the sister. God bless the sister. I heard personally she cool. My homie Derek Johnson Noah found her chicken and waffles. I'm like, yo, he's he's with her right now, probably at a party or something. They're probably kicking it, having a good time. Yep. And, and I think that's amazing because that means she's a real human. And I'm hoping that that real human connection will reflect in some real human policies that cares for the people beyond right now where we're in a crisis. Because America always responds great in crisis. That's what makes us fucking America, right? America, fuck yeah. You know, 9-11 happened, we respond. You know, a financial yeah. crisis happened, we respond. You know what I'm saying? Like, even Rodney King got paid for that shit. Like, when they, they somehow, they iPhoned that shit in 92 or something. And he and they had video coverage, and he got paid off that. America likes to respond in a crisis when it gets embarrassed or look, it looks bad <laughs> to the world. Where America fails, 
over and over and over and over and over and over and say over it for infinity and America is continuing to fail is that as soon as America thinks that its image is okay in a public light, it's not going to give a fuck about these poor people. It's not going to give a fuck about who's in public housing. It's not going to give a fuck about who's in food stamps or WIC or some give a fuck that daycare costs more than rent costs 10 years ago right now, right? Nobody gives a fuck that cars cost more than rent costs 10 years ago, right? That rent costs more than big houses cost 10 years. Like you can get a mansion 10 to 20 years ago for which you can barely pay rent for right now. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the America we live in. And if they can clean the image, or uh, as they say in government, put lipstick on the pig and tell you that it's not a pig, man, they're going to do that shit. They're going to do that shit. And and Biden the king of that shit. You know what I'm saying? And what I like to say is that Negro been biding his time until he became president. And yep. I hope that I, I hope that I'm wrong in every negative thing I ever said about any president. But, you know, they seem to fulfill the worst, right? Like, that's just the facts. Like, even with... Our great Obama. I mean, you seen the boxing, uh, the boxing movie, The Great White Hope, The Great White Height. I mean, Obama, Obama was like the Great Black Height. You know what I'm saying? Like, outside of healthcare, it was like Negro, <laughs> HBCUs failing, poor neighborhoods failing, public schools failing, inner cities, streets, and small businesses failing. Worse, you know? Yeah. And then people are like, well, well, Trump was bloodthirsty to say how you said so eloquently, but Obama kept Guantanamo Bay open. Obama kept the Afghanistan war and Iraqi war going, right? Obama was a president when Gaddafi got taken out. You know what I'm saying? Who was on some African currency shit. Obama did that not as a black man. He did that shit as an American president that continues the savagery across the world. And mass right? incarceration was accelerated to numbers and at a rate never before seen any president before. Right. In the right. same exact window of time. But we because he was sending us to war. But see, when Obama was trying to pull down the wars, he pumped up the jails. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So keeping people off the streets. And then mm-hmm. these people get out of jail, they get out of war. And then you get all these new people in the street. And I, I hate to say it because I love our immigrant brothers and sisters. Anybody that know me know that. I got friends that look like everybody. I travel the world. I love how the world embraces us when we travel the world. But I do have some sympathy to folks coming out of prisons or not able to get educated or have been ignored for decades on decades. And then when you do see a person, whether you're black or white, and then you see somebody that can come in and just thrive and make you go, okay, well, I'm happy for them, but when is it my turn? And that's America's struggle, right? And I'm not even trying to sound like I'm being sympathetic to the 74 million people that voted for Trump because I think that was a bad fucking decision. But I understand poverty, right? Even if I don't understand white supremacy, if I don't understand the hate that they give, if I don't understand the rage that come with that hate, I do understand poverty. I understand being hungry. I understand not knowing if your mama going to come home at night because she work at a bar and she trying to make it or because she suffers from mental illness and anything can fucking happen to a black woman or a woman on the street suffering from mental illness. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... Poor people have these experiences from India to Japan to the great continent of Africa to Europe to uh, South America, Central America, and here in America. And I think that America does a good job in making us so racially 
dichotomize, to use your smart words you taught me on the Jazz County show today, uh, to racially dichotomize that it's hard to just say, okay, well, what is this motherfucker saying? Outside of fuck you, nigga, because whatever, whatever. I mean, like, literally, whatever. Like, that's why I say, like, if institutional racism is worse than I hate you, nigga, racism, because Unless you hanging me from a tree, I hate you, nigga. That's just how you feel when you wake up in the morning. God bless you. I'm sorry that you feel that way, right? Now, if you own Google and you like, I hate niggas, well, now I'm getting paid less and I getting paid at all. I can't get a job. My homies can get a job. That's a whole yeah. other thing, right? So I hate you, nigga. Don't really, whatever. But why do you hate me? Why do you hate the situation you're in? And is there something that can be done about that situation? And I think as much as we invest in fucking Egypt and Israel and all the European countries and the Japanese countries and China, motherfuckers need to be investing in East St. Louis and Miami and Fort Lauderdale and Brooklyn and Harlem before gentrification and fucking Baltimore. Like, please invest in Baltimore and Flint and Detroit and Cincinnati, the over the vine area again before gentrification. <laughs> like, West Louisville before gentrification, Atlanta before gentrification, uh, Birmingham before gentrification. Like invest, don't invest in Iraq after you want to build a Disney World in Iraq and bring all your American companies there, and then bring two million Americans to Iraq to now live their best life. But there's still ten million Iraqis living in shit. Not saying that they did that, but they do that in our cities all the time. They bring Disney World to Oakland, but not for you poor niggas or you poor Mexicans or you poor whites. Get the fuck out. Bring Disney World to New York and Harlem. Not for you niggas. Get the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, it just bothers me, bro. It really, and so like when we talk about the president, like it bothers me too. Like I watched the inauguration. I loved all the kumbaya shit. I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, that young sister that did the poetry, shout out to her, the young poet national sister. She was like amazing, right? But all that kumbaya shit, I'm like, don't tell me kumbaya why. Niggas still getting shot in the street. Niggas still getting hung from trees, which literally has happened in, within the last decade multiple times. While poor people who still can't get through public housing. When you tell me affordable housing in Oakland is $1,700 for a studio. And that's a program. Bitch, shut the fuck up. That's that's almost 24 bands a month a year. Niggas making 35 bands as a teacher in Oakland. 60 if they lucky and got some experience and some degrees. And you want 24 of it to, to affordable housing in a studio? Fuck your life. Fuck your relationship. Fuck having kids in the future, having dreams, nigga. You can't even make yourself happy with that shit. And so, you know, for every president, again, I hope for the best. But I don't know. I don't know shit. And then nothing that any president has done makes me factually hopeful in what the next one's going to do. Period. Well, what they do, it seems, is like um, everything is about the ceremony. And this place is obsessed with this place seems to be obsessed with reverting itself or finding itself back to a place that it calls normal. But they don't realize that normal is actually a really fucked up place. You see what I'm saying? Their version of normal is completely insane. It is completely yeah. wasteful. It is completely inefficient. It completely lacks empathy. It com it completely just, um, it doesn't give a sh And so I kind of said this on one of my, previous podcast i think it was the one with mark he said what's up to you um on the pod by the way sh shout out to y'all the jazzy comedy show jc so um shout out to mark shout out to mark waller my yeah. brother from another mother love you bro big keep bro. taking care of them kids the russians big bro serotypes um 
Groceratops on the I Mean podcast with Monkey D. Chavanti. Chavanti Q. Wallet. And I was essentially saying that um, you have to pay niggas. You have to invest in niggas so that they, if you don't pay them, if you don't give them a way to sustain themselves, if you don't give them resources or access to resources, though, like you have to pay them to not fucking rob you someday. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because they're going to eat. They got to eat. Because beyond being black men, we're men. Beyond men, we're males. We're human beings. I'm human not just going to sit here, fade away, and fucking die. I'm not going to disappear. You know what I'm saying? This can be a long-ass, slow, miserable death for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I see homeless people outside all the time, and I'm like, yeah, that guy, you know, he might be 59 years old, but, man, he died when he was 27. But he's still fucking here physically. You see what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, with these uprights... And he might be an engineer that he wasn't invested in. And that's my thing. Like, most of our best American companies come from having government contracts. They've been invested in. Most of our landowners and wealth wealth havers come from, well, outside of slavery and just stolen land, because let's always acknowledge that that was a big portion of a lot of uh, wealth in America. Mm -hmm. But you also had a lot of land appropriated by the government to families. Again, based on racism, institutional where black families wasn't able to tap in. Native Americans get the fuck out of here, right? Mexicans go south of the Rio Grande. Uh, But if you white or you from Europe, and you willing to put your stake down here and farm this bitch for three to five years, look, no taxes, no nothing. We don't give you 150 acres in Kansas or in Nebraska. Or in, and that created wealth, right? The government has always had a strong arm in creating wealth. It's almost the equivalent of me being basically Frank Lucas in modern day. And Jelani's like, bruh, put me on. I ain't got shit. I can give him 10 bricks of cocaine on the spot and then hook him up with a distro to help him run his shit. You got a team of people? Yeah. All right. You got this territory in Oakland from 107th to San Leandro border. Don't cross that bitch because we ain't got no moves with the police out there. But you got from that area to the fucking 20s where your grandmama said. Don't 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 give them all my secrets. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But if I get so if I'm Frank Lucas and I put I put Jay on with these 10 bricks. Anybody that know the game know that this nigga making money, money. He got employees. He can he can rinse and repeat because he moved that shit in a week. I'm going to give him 20 more. He moved that shit in a week. I'm going to give him 40 more. He moved that shit in a week. I'm going to give him 100 more. Within a month, he rich, rich. That's how the government do, folks. They just don't do poor white people like that. They don't do black people like that as an institution or a culture or a nation or a demographic. They definitely don't do the LGBT community and the women community like that. And I've been to those contractual meetings where there's $4 billion on the line in order to provide for minority business entities. That's a government type uh, name for like women and people of color in governments, MBEs. And it's 75 people in the room and 60 of them are white men. They still white men. Oh, my wife on the company. Or, yeah, this my nigga Charles, literally, his name on the company, too. <laughs> Charles look like he a plumber. No offense to Charles. He don't look like he owns shit. But if you put his name on this company so you can get this part of this $4 billion government contract and there's 75 of y'all and y'all got, like, guaranteed to get 20% of this contract on some quota shit, 
But 60 out of 75 is four out of five. So 80% of that money is still going to white men and they're getting rich. And I ain't mad at them for knowing the game and being able to out hustle and play chess better than another motherfucker. I don't need no fucking handicap, but I'm saying overall, the institutions that create wealth, i.e. the government, don't work to create wealth in the middle class, the poor class, black people, white people that are poor, women, even if minorities. If you come over here with some bread, you might get breaded. If you come over here with a taco truck or, or uh, you got a fucking uh, uh, chicken and, and, and sushi and pancakes shop, good luck. You better make that work. You know what I'm saying? They're not helping people get their wealth for real. They're only helping a certain group, and that bothers me. The weird irony is yeah, it, bothers it, too. It, 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 you know, kind of seems like um, instead of, like, they say that they want a wealthy nation, but that's a symbolic thing. Like, it's like ceremonious and that, like, I want a wealthy nation. Well, but you don't want wealthy people because that's, because that seems to run counter to having a wealthy nation. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, that institutional thing is interesting where you can, so with blatant overt racism, you can't socially engineer, engineer anything. anything. Right. You know what I mean? But with institutional racism, you can design someone's oppression piece yeah. by piece, brick by brick, phase by phase, right. you know, like you can think of it in windows of time, you know, from phase to phase and then just have um, executables just execute. You know what I'm saying? Okay, now we're going to go with this phase. And then this program or this act will uh, activate um, this version of struggle. It'll manifest itself as struggle for this group. But to them, it's just like a metric. It's a benchmark, something to reach so that they can have this kind of influence and in this uh, kind of way. And they won't feel it or see it because no one went, you should go on and get out of here, nigger. It's like, no. <laughs> they don't, they can't smell it, can't see it, can't hear it. Visible. Out of sight, out of mind. You know, it just exerts its force upon you. It just acts upon you and your people. Right. Well, let me let me give a, a, a 15-second, uh, like, we're going into the, the, the green pipe on the Mario, and then we come back out to, to, <laughs> to the land of Chiron, Monkey D. Chiranti. Okay. Um, Negro, negus, nigga. These words have been in existence for thousands and thousands of years, well beyond... The, the white man that we have running in America. Well beyond that. Negroes in the Bible, right? We know black people come from the Bible. That's easy, right? Negro land is, you can look up that on fucking Google right now. Google Negro land on Google in West Africa and the old German and French and Italian maps from when they was going through that land and they was mapping it. And all of what we know is Sub-Sahara Africa, Sahara Africa, Senegal and the Ivory Coast. That was all Negro land. That's how they caught it. Like, not just that wasn't Africa, Africa. It was Africa, but this specifically is the Negro land. This is where the Negroes are, right? Mm-hmm. Kingdom of Judah, right? The whole story behind that. We read back from Babylon to Timbuktu and see how the Israelites traveled from Israel in 70, 80, 72 AD when they got destroyed and they traveled through the land of Ethiopia, which was most of Africa, across the rivers into West Africa, now known as Negro land. And they set up the kingdom of Judah there, right? There's a whole history about us being Negroes and niggas and neguses. The word just don't bother me. Now, I know it bothers all of our older generation and the people even before them because it was used in the context of institutional 
slavery, Jim Crow oppression. You can't have this job, nigga. They got hijacked. So now, yeah, so they hijacked the word, made us feel bad for being that word, and then they put it into law. This is they literally wrote nigga and black into law. Like that's what make the black codes, the slave codes. They got like they wrote it in their literature. They wrote, they use it in their books to demean us. You know what I'm saying? And they try to remove that shit now, but they had nigga milk. They had nigga tea. They had nigga oatmeal. They had nigga. Look at the food that was produced during the blackface periods of 1910s and 1920s. They had nigga everything with big red lips and big fucking noses and black ass skin. Even though we know Negroes come from all colors, like we literally every fucking shade, no matter what our mom and dad look like, we still every fucking shade. People be brother and sister, hundred percent, four fucking shades between four siblings. That's straight, how our straight up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They always pigeon told us to, to be black like tires, big ass lips. And ain't nothing wrong if you got big ass lips or you black like tires or you got a big ass nose. It's beautiful. But when you take those things and you demean it for 246 years during slavery, then 100 years during civil rights, and then another 50 years in Hollywood, and then on our college campuses and our videos, it's, it's institutional. So then when somebody call you nigga, it can, you know, trigger those feelings that make me feel offended because now you're reminding me of all the institutions that told me I wasn't good enough because I'm a nigga. By design. Boom. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So the word today don't bother me yeah. unless it's put in the design of the institution to make me feel demeaned as a nigga. But white people are so skillful with racism now. If they are racist in a corporation, Google, <laughs> excuse me, it's built into the algorithms. It's built into the businesses that they support. It's built into the movies that they recommend for people. It's built into who they hire to be their social engineers. We know that Nesby exists, yep. National Society of Black Engineers. It's thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of them that are paying dues members of Nesby, Black Engineers. I wonder how many of them work for Google, Apple, Sony. Yahoo, uh, if Yahoo's even relevant. I anymore. know one Bing. right now looking for some work right now. I'm just saying, it's like that's that's the institution racism. You don't have to call these social engineers. I mean, these these uh engineers from the National Society of Black Engineers niggas, but you treat them like they did nigger Society of Black Engineers because you won't hire them. They're not a sales force behind all your tech and your software. You rather hire from China or India, but let's or be Ireland. real, or Ireland or wherever, and. These motherfuckers came to American schools to get educated. So they're not educated in any different or higher echelon schools than the National Society of Black Engineers, stu black students. The Indians are in the same class with the black students, but then you hire the Indians. That's what makes it racist. Yep. And then the Indians go, well, you, they're not racist because I'm dark like you, I'm brown. Respect, bro, I see you. You might be a nigga. No offense, but like you might be poor, like my cousin from another mother type shit. We are from Africa, but it's still institutional racism because America has always not wanted to have Negroes specifically in their face. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did business with the Chinese while niggas was in slavery. They did business with uh, African Africans while niggas was in slavery. They did business with Arabs while niggas was in the prison industrial complex, you know. Like, they've always done business with the world on the world stage while we've been in the form of servitude, destitute, bullshit. Um, and so, you know what I'm saying? So it's the institutional racism that matters, right? That's the shit that's culturally uh, divisive and detrimental 
and we need real medicine to heal that. Like, I've been hearing the word reconciliation. I heard that shit in the inauguration. They kept, they were talking about reconciliation. Doctor Steele on the show. That in the podcast. He said that. He said, this is the sixth step. Once you get all through all that direct action, reconciliation. But reconcile is to heal. And that healing is going to come with some literal mental health support, medical support for black people, food uh, nurturing support, and the word that scares everybody, reparations, to repair the nation. You got to repair a nation of people that you in prison. Because here's the thing. Before we were slaves, my dad, this one of the wisest and most beautiful things my dad said to me that literally opened my mind in ways that I'm still processing it to this day. He said, JC, white people didn't enslave slaves. (laughs) They enslaved a nation of people. These people were doctors and attorneys and general counsel in their communities, community village leaders. There was probably some Shakespeare's among our villages that was writing hella funny plays. We probably had hip hop because we had artists that was always in the poetry and the rhyming. That's part of our culture. We know that from the Buffalo soldiers, they wrote rhymes. They just didn't put it to the beats of Dr. Dre because Dr. Dre wasn't around them, but they had rhymes. He said, that's who they stole. They stole our philosophers and turned them into slaves. Mm -hmm. They stole our nurses and turned them into slaves. They stole our chefs and turned them into slaves. He was like, they didn't enslave slaves. And so then, because you don't, you didn't enslave slaves, you enslaved a nation of people, is not really in our DNA to be a slave, no matter how many times in the world history our nation has suffered in slavery, maybe seven times. But we're not, it's not our DNA is to be who we are. And I think that's why so-called black people's resilience in America is so profound. That's why it's literally extraordinary. It's extraordinary on the world stage where in India, they know who are Beyonce and Jay-Z and Eddie Murphy and Kevin Hart and Dave Chappelle. And Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson and Michael Jackson. And they know us. And we're such a tiny population with all of this power, all of this influence. We are the seasoning of this earth. All of its so, flavor. Yep. So all of its so flavor. It's only the institutional racism that bemoans the black experience. It's not being called nigga, nigga, or dude, dude, whichever yeah. one offends you more. Mm. <laughs> it's, I'm talking it's, shit, man. No, I mean, it's just what it is. If the institutions laid back on the racism and just engage our people more. Cause that's my thing. When you talk about that 59 year old homeless guy, I'm always thinking about the homeless people I met in DC when I was 19 years old, working for the Congressional Black Caucus under the late great Julia, Cong- uh, Julia Carson, rest in peace, right? Who grandson Andre Carson is in her seat now, whatever to you dude, literally. <laughs> but your, your grandmama was great. Um, but when I think about uh, the homeless people I met, I was always meeting like people who were in unions, who had companies, who had big contracts, who were part of the building experience in DC between the 90s and early 2000s. But in the 2000s, there was a shift when they started going to outside uh, builders in Texas. They started going to New York. They started going to Colorado. Like, why the fuck would you need to get builders in Colorado for DC, right? And so now the local black construction, black engineers, black architects, a lot of those men and women ended up on the street. They were the homeless population that 
I seen in 2007. And that probably, if they lucky, they still around to be seen in some way or another. Um, so it wasn't by happenstance that these Negroes are poor. And so I always think about that even when I'm in Oakland and I'm going down East 14th where there's multiple blocks of East 14th where you just see people that look like your grandma, your auntie, your great auntie. And it's interesting you said that because my auntie told me a story once about one of my uncles and she was like, it was interesting in high school, you know, pretty much if you wasn't, you know, affluent, you was trying real, real hard to be good in school. And if you wasn't real, real hard in school, working real, real hard in school, you was doing trades. So my uncle did trades, right? They pushed trades on a lot of the black men, right? And it was something that a lot of them to be successful, if you wasn't doing, you know, selling dope, they would do the trades, right? But eventually with the creation of unions, new unions, by the way, not old unions, not like the oldest union in Oakland and shit, but like new unions and like the the the, the city being complete, you know, in certain trades, like building all the foundations for these new buildings, you know, cement. There's only so many of those you could do. Like the jobs slowed down and we're gone. You know what I'm saying? So even, I don't know if that was by design, but it's like the worst of chance, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to be pushed into a career that isn't, is to, you're told has and super longevity, but don't. When was so, this that your uh, people was experiencing? This? Like the 70s. Okay. So that was before NAFTA, but the 60s, 70s. There were some changes happening in the 70s, but it was almost cemented in the 90s. And this is what this is what again scares me about Biden, you know, even though he had a beautiful Kumbaya inauguration. But in the 90s, the best democratic president to ever exist in modern day time since John F. Kennedy before Obama is the great Bill Clinton. No. You've exactly not at all. Exactly fucking Lenny. So Bill Clinton, who instituted NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, literally destroyed unions, which was supposed to be a democratic stronghold to this day. He destroyed opportunities for your people. The way you described in the 70s, their sons went through that in the 90s. Their daughters went through that in the 90s when companies started shutting down by the thousands, shutting down millions of jobs and just shipping them over to Mexico and Guatemala and all these other fucking places. And not even like to get make them people middle class. They just start paying them niggas shit wages, $2 a day to be slaves. Yep. And the industry started to disappear in the 70s. Yep. Because yep. that's when crime did a decisive, just an exponential jump <laughs> in the positive, wrong fucking direction, like a positive correlation there. It's like, that's when... Um, you know, it really, it really took, it really took the brother out of the house. You know what I'm saying? Because he had to resort to so many other different kind of underbelly things to eat yeah. and to possibly provide for. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And so that also accelerated or gave birth to the notion of mass incarceration because there was fertile grounds now, yeah. right? Because a, a lot, you know, a lot of cats had to get it out of the mud, and so they had to do a lot of dirt. You know, so to speak, they were going to eat. Remember, listenership, I circle back around to human beings are going to do what? They're going to fucking eat some kind of way. And if they got mouths to feed, they're going to make sure that if they don't eat, their family's damn sure going to eat. And they'll stop at nothing to get that done. You know? And so a lot of that falls under the purview of illicit activity. And so there's a criterion. This goes back to the social engineering. Policies, laws, procedures that circle around and encapsulate a certain group of people that have been redlined already 
And now you have a higher concentration of incarceration in specific certain neighborhoods that you've created a breeding grounds for, you know, violence, unspeakable violence and this and that and institute poverty, all of that shit. So they've been redlined already. And this is the social engineering aspect. You've set it up. You've sown all of the seeds that you've needed to in the towns and neighborhoods that you needed to do it. You've created enough heat and pressure on these niggas. You know what I'm saying? To where they got, they're going to do what they got. Like they're going to do what they got to do. But they didn't make the rules. But if rules are rules, guess what? You supercharge this thing called mass incarceration. You make it easy. It's so easy for niggas to get killed. It's so easy for niggas to get locked away. You know what I'm saying? Also, with all portions of prison times, taken away from their families by also industries like disappearing. So industry disappears, and then so niggas start to disappear because now they're just getting vacuumed up. And they're getting vacuumed up out of the hood and these poor institute and poverty neighborhoods, and they're getting spit out somewhere else, though. They're getting spit out in, uh, you, you know, Wichita or wherever these fucking giant prisons are. That's the bag of the vacuum cleaner, and it's nothing but niggas inside of that bag. That's the filter. Like, that's the filtration system. Everyone else gets filtered out. But the, you know, the motherfuckers that get caught up in that bag is those guys trying to get bags, trying to eat somehow, some kind of way. They're locked out of everything else. Don't have the key to shit. Don't have access to shit. They're not sitting at no one's fucking table, and they didn't have the gall or the mindset to just pull up a fucking folding chair. Shout out to Dr. Steele for that one. You know what I'm saying? So it's the perfect recipe. That's what I was talking about. Uh, to your point, JC, that's what's so horrendous and crazy about institutionalized racism because. It's a thing that niggas can't see. No one can see. You have to have the eyes to see or the experience to develop the eyes to see that. And to try to explain it to someone else who doesn't necessarily encounter that or go through that, it's difficult. But you know what I like about how you just said it? And you made the connection point when you talk about the prison industrial complex. Because if you listen from like, you know, our guy in France, we appreciate you for getting downloading every episode. Uh, minus the Sunday service. He wasn't fucking with that one. But it's all good, brother. Much love, brother. You. Um, and for all of our, you know, Italians, for our, our cast in Rwanda, anybody who... Germans, I mean, literally people are picking up the show and we're very excited about it. But if you ever can wonder and you haven't read on the prison industrial complex and why it exists in America, Chiranti just laid it out very clear and efficiently in about 45 seconds. You play that play that part back and clip it to yourself and literally put that on your local news because the lack of industrial jobs was the transfer of industrial wealth through the prison system for another set of corporations. So America literally used its population, black, white, Latino, Native American, Chinese, everybody who's here, you know, we're like Babylon. We got everybody in this motherfucker. So we took those populations and literally, don't they call it the industrial revolution? Like the late 1880s through like the early 1960s. That's when Ford Motor Company came in. We started inventing cars and the airplanes and, you know, the choo-choo train was choo-chooing all across this motherfucker. Fucker, right um general electric. So general electric yeah that right big shit popping they took the hands and the minds of these people and they built the best fucking nation in the world hands down they built the best fucking nation in the world they made it a nation where every motherfucker on the planet either want to be here or visit here or at, in this motherfucker at one point in their life period 
period. If you ain't been here, you want to be here. If you're not here, then you remember that time you was in America and got fucked up and had a good time with our dumb asses. And it's cool. We love you for it. We hope you enjoyed all your time here. You know what I'm saying? But the fact remains that as America, i.e. the government, when I say America, got done using its people to build this nation, it changed the laws, basically moved the goalposts, shifted the, uh, the resources, and said, now we're going to have companies like AT&T, shout out to you bitch-ass niggas, that can use the prisoners who we don't have any more jobs for them in the labor market. So now we're going to use you in the prison market to be our slave and pay you 10 cents a day, a dollar a day, $2 a day, if you're lucky to do other work, answer phone calls. Um, they got companies building dorm furniture, selling them to the state, selling them to universities, they got companies building all type of shit in the prisons for the same ways they pay in Guatemala's and the Mexican cats and it's just that it's that NAFTA agreement in full order. It feeds into the prison industrial conference. So I just gave you like a three minute on Toronto's 45 seconds, but it's because of the lack of labor and in industry and livable wages that people like my grandma running to Detroit from the Appalachians and West Virginia was able to capitalize on the 1950s and 1960s and get a good job and buy a house at 21 and raise her babies in a brick fucking home and have four children at brick home that she owned. Man, show me a 21-year-old that ain't a YouTube star or a fucking Miley Cyrus at 21 that can just buy a fucking house, let alone any house, any house. Right. We don't have the labor and it makes it easier to then. Well, since we don't have actual jobs for y'all to make your lives decent and help build our nation again, because it's like they ran out of fucking ideas, but they're just not invested. They're just going to throw people in jail and make them slaves. And if you look in our prison system, of course, black people are the number one people in prison, but everybody and they mama in prison. Listen to the Ear Hustle podcast out of San Quentin. Yep. They got gangs from every fucking demographic on the planet in that motherfucker. Everywhere. Right here in California. Everywhere. Everywhere in the world. And, you know, I see our people as, um, if this thing is a machine, if this nation's a machine, if this nation's a machine, it has to have fuel. And it's got to have the proper fuel, the proper oil. We are the fuel. Mm-hmm. that drives this motherfucking machine we've always have been. We are the fuel. It needs a fuel source. Well, it needs poverty. That's how this thing was set up and designed. It doesn't need a bunch of power. It needs a centra- It needs a centrality or a concentration of it. You know what I'm saying? And so it was never about building a wealthy nation but a, a wealthy class. And I think the people got that misconstrued. They didn't know that they weren't a part of Like they were part of the plan, but they weren't a part of the planning. (laughs) They weren't a part of the, uh, you know, they weren't a part of the design. They were of the design. You know what I mean? Like you're a piece. Make America stupid though. Right. Cause if I'm Hugh Hefner and I want to build playboy entertainment and I want to be known for having the finest women in the world that get down with the get down. And then you come to my house and I don't have the finest women in the world, and I got women that ain't down for shit, but I'm marketing that the opposite to the world is like just because I can make some money on a magazine to maybe some Vietnamese folks that will never come to America and see that I'm really living not the life that I'm projecting. And that's how America works. America worked like a bad version of Hugh Hefner. 
Like you tell the world you got the finest women in the world that's down for whatever and y'all can get down with it and you got a mansion because of it. This is the greatest place to be on earth. But then when motherfuckers get over here, they're like, what the fuck? Chicago's great for about eight blocks. New York's great. A couple places downtown Manhattan. Detroit, well, you know, it's great. I'm just leave that at that. We might have invented false advertisement. I think we might have invented false advertisement. Right, because no one else tries to purport themselves to be what they're not. Well, I'm going to just keep it 100. Like, it it, it used to not be false advertisement. But see, it's just like gentrification in my hood. Like, uh, people came and took the houses from the people who had that kind of influence. You know what I'm saying? They were doing community-free programs. They were doing the daycares in the neighborhood that was cultivating the same ideas in a community. They was doing block parties. You know what I'm saying? They was having events for, you know, the adults, kids, and teenagers on Halloween or Easter or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't just the churches. It was actually the people on the block. You know what I mean? So as that culture is gone, the people who replace that culture do not bring that culture. You know what I'm saying? They do not replicate it or duplicate it in any way. They bring their own culture. You know what I'm saying? And so... Who who, who brings their own culture? Whoever comes... Like, in my neighborhood, like, which was a predominantly black neighborhood, we now have, like, every race in there, but it's not predominantly black. I'm the only black family on on my, you know, in a four, six-house span now. And what I'm saying is, like, when it was all black, we knew Ms. Johnson was going to throw a block party every February. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it, it just provided some kind of scheduling for right. So and when you talk about the daycare and stuff, so daycare is not a thousand dollars a month because there's a community daycare right here on the block yeah. where you know sister sister Jessie over here, mm-hmm. everybody know her. She's been watching kids for 40 fucking yep. years. And when you drop off your baby, she's gonna charge you like three dollars a kid per hour, knowing you got three babies because she wanna make it affordable. But yep. she got 40 kids in there, so that's how she make it work. And she know how to feed the kid on less than three dollars an hour. Type and then her and then her sister or brother might be the one who cooks food, and then the right. whole block is eating. You know what I'm right. saying? You know what? That's, that's that reminds me of my Aunt Donna, you know, the same thing. Like she was known to watch everybody's kids. Right. Like generations of kids. Paying her a thousand dollars a month, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure. No, but she didn't have to worry about nothing. Like, that's what she did. Like, she was a stay-at-home wife, and just what she would do was she watch kids. Her husband, o- Uncle Petey, shout out to Uncle Petey, would just go off to work and do what he do. But then, she would be at the crib, raising and then, us, helping and then, us. So that's that's one that's one aspect. That's a beautiful aspect you brought up. That's that missing. The gentrification that yeah. made, it, made it more expensive for us to live as Americans in the country. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not only that. You know, uh, by ruining our institutions within the community that help subsidize payments that we now have to pay for, like daycare. I love that fucking shit, bro. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? But then not only that, what happens is, like, when a community is organized like that and people come to that community, they don't, now they don't put that on the flyer to say, move to this community because it has this. They just put the house up. Then the people come to the community and say, wow, I thought this was a bad community, but they're doing fucking block parties and having water balloon fights and shit. You know what I'm saying? They're like, maybe it isn't so bad. I'll move there, right? And then you have the other, let's just, let me just be 100% frank, black people, you know what I'm saying? Who 
are starving for some culture who are in a place where there isn't any culture. And they're saying, I got to get there just like everybody else in America. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or in the world, I got to get there and get some of that culture. Some black people start they culture. Of, I'm just saying like, you know, them dudes in like Iowa. There's man. a lot of, there's a lot <laughs> so of different people in Iowa that need to get out of Iowa. So they came to Oakland. There's a lot of different kind of black dude in Iowa. We invite you to uh, the Jazzy Comedy Show to tell us about your experience growing up in the cornfields of Iowa with all your white friends. And then, so I, I remember I was talking to a, one of my African partners and he was like, it's expensive to live in the black community. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, wait, wait. like, like, like he was saying like, you know, you got downtown, you got the Asian community, you got the white community, and you got the black community. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I was like, okay, so you're going to try to save all your money to move to the black community. And that's also going to make our prices go higher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, fuck, it's, it's, it's ultra desirable for like us and everybody else because it's the place to be. So why can't we just take that model? And support it, which is why I believe everybody's doing the whole support black businesses, keep money in, you know, in the hood, in your own neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because we're just trying to cultivate that energy. Like everybody else is doing it, you know what I'm saying? Like well, everybody for, else. For all has of our beautiful listeners to the Jazzy Comedy Show, if you support the Jazzy Comedy Show, you can send us any support at dollar sign Jazzy Comedy Show. I'm sorry, Jelani, just wanted to interrupt for a nice commercial break that hopefully freely will raise us dollars to continue to pay for this devastating uh, internet that we have in America. Thank you. You trying to say I'm talking white again? That's fine. No, no, no. Are you, try are you trying to say I'm talking white? Maybe this is just my regular voice and I have that other voice just for the Jazzy Camera Show. Maybe I was just trying to open up and show you my real voice, Jelani. Why are you judging me? Well, either way, all I'm saying is, I, that, that's just one aspect I look at, you know, just as America as a whole, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just look at our music, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, what happened yeah. to soul music? I mean, podcast. You know what I mean? Like, I just look at everything in our culture, you feel me? It's not, it, it doesn't feel like anything is able to be cultivated. We're not able, we're able to come up with new shit, but like our own new shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're able to come up with new shit now because we're we've been forced to like, find each other and consolidate and as we do that we'll create more but i'm saying like the new policy and the new influence that this country is going to follow is going to be led by us like always you know what i'm saying also with this new youth of this like conglomerate of all, all these people who, who've grown up in america now you know what i'm saying like yeah it used to be like i would grow up right and there would be asian kids in school who like we knew they were asian you know what i'm saying we knew their parents were asian they maybe didn't speak english at home or blah 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 whatever it's not like that. It hasn't been like that for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Asians are influencing not only their whole culture, but American culture. You know what I'm saying? In this place, uh, Latins are not only influencing their culture, but all the culture all at once. You know what I'm saying? White people are not inf just influencing their white culture, but all culture. You know what I'm saying? And so what I'm saying is- Theirs is ours, sir. It's true. It's all- the, We are the you know, buffet. They but what I'm saying is- From the buffet. <laughs> And then in a hodgepodge way, they stitched together what they call or consider their culture if they consider themselves to have one at all. I'm going to just, I'm, I got another conversation on that. It's where you just ask, get a room full of every race and ask them what their culture is and see what they say. And you can probably chase it back to your culture. Well, okay. So let's, let's be clear with that, right? Because I think culture, if we're going to just define culture on the Jazzy Comedy Show, right? I think you got a few things that make culture culture that everybody, yeah, even if, you know, people have their preferences on what cultures they, 
you know, enjoy. Um, but like food, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Dancing, right? Maybe there's certain songs specifically that kind of represent your people. Um, usually a historical fight of some sort or plight or fight that unites, right? I think all those things play into to culture. So well, I would have to say that that is what I would consider modern day culture, right? Because what I really mean is, <laughs> comes from your culture is like your ancestors. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's something that you can say your ancestors did, said, practice, thought about that you think about, do practice a color you know of, a word perhaps, something from your culture that you really come from? Like, what country do you really come from? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think most people can do that around the world. Negroes struggle, obviously, as a people. Um, the descendants of American slaves or whatever, right? And I think some people know, but for the most part, I think that's not that's not a Negro fact, I would right? Say, but I would say if you're French, I you would, know your fucking history. If I would you're say this. Vietnamese, you know your history. Chinese, I would say this. you know your history. I would say this. I, and I may not be right, but I would say this. That's not true because at least a Black person could look around at all the different examples of Black people and come up with something. Get what I'm saying? The whole, you know, like, you just look at Africa. You're going to think of something. Right, but honestly, bro, that should be confusing as fuck. It I, is in, I, I have a Pan-African Studies background from undergrad, but I went to a PWI, but it was like, sometimes we couldn't even have conversations with black kids at the HBCUs because they wasn't learning the same shit we learned. We learned about the comedic shit. We learned about black experience from the 1900s with W.B. Du Bois, Tell the Two Consciousness. Then we learned about, uh, we did actually learn about Marcus Garvey. I learned about that nigga till later. But then we learned about Booker T. Washington and his shit. And we, I mean, it's just, it's... Well, maybe it's, I'm it's American, it's African, it's East African, it's West African, it's South African, it's Central African, it's religious, it's multi-god, it's monolithic. It's like... Bro, black is everything in the world. Right. We can't be defined yeah. so simply. Like, if, if we was in Africa right now, none of us would be black people. We yeah. would be the Negroes because there are so many other types of black people. Just like if we was Asians in Asia, it would be like, well, are you the Thailand Asian? Are you the Chinese Asian? Are you the Japanese Asian? Right. If we Japanese in China, they're going to be like, nigga, you Japanese. I mean, yeah, we're Asian, but you're Japanese. <laughs> and that was Negroes in Africa. They was like, yeah, you... Yeah. African, but we all not the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, we got different monoliths, even in right. that. And I'm just saying, when you grow up in America, right, and like you being taught histories, and they're not mentioning black people, that you not on commercials all the time, or you do only see yourself in certain capacities. Maybe I'm just saying it from my point of view because I was grow, I was when I grew up, I was taught that there's black people everywhere. You know right. what I'm saying? I knew that. When I imagined things, it was okay to imagine myself in any kind of scenario because there might have been a black person somewhere who was actually going down a hill on a snowboard or in a sand dune, you know, or riding a camel or in a jungle on a fucking tiger or some shit like Mowgli. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, those are the kind of those are the kind of thoughts that, that I believe you can have by having the knowledge that your you or your type has been through more than what you can see in your proximity especially when you read books about black people or, you know, just hear stories about, or you talk to your relatives and learn that, Oh, my uncles or, or this person in my family was black or mixed with, you know, you just, you, you get to get no, your I, own I culture. And I feel like that in its own is, is a, is a culture, but that's not even what I'm, what I'm, what I'm talking about because everybody 
Don't even know. Yeah, you man. was talking about the we ancestral shit, which is why I had to talk about the dichotomy or the delineation yeah. between black folks, even in Africa, where, you know, if you want to take it from a biblical perspective, right, there was even among the Hamites, there was the Mezraim, which was the Egyptians. Then there was the Cushites, which was the Ethiopians. Then there was the Canaanites. And then they had like a fourth brother, or whatever. So it's like four nations of Africa, even within Africa. That's not even including the modern day Negro or back then what was known as the Israelites who were in Africa running around. All of these motherfuckers was black. All of these motherfuckers had culture, right? They all had something, but they were still different from each other. Like if you go from a Bible experience, you know what I mean? When Jesus talked about, he hid among, or Moses hid among the Egyptians, right? And then Jesus was dealing with the Romans, but even when uh, Paul was dealing with the Romans, they're like, Paul, who are you? And he's like, you know, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Some people believe the tribe of Benjamin is the modern day Jamaicans, right? Them black people, right? He he was a black man, but he still delineated what type of black man he was from, not just saying, I'm African. And so I think when we look at it from an ancestral perspective, history matters. Like, who we are actually matters. I don't like. I love that no, you can take inspiration from all of, from just no, all I, things black, and I and I take that too, just from the perspective of I got inspiration from Bruce Lee and and you know Genghis Khan for some shit, honestly. But whatever. Um, and obviously, I don't think I share the same blood with them. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. But I also think that there's a specific power, at least for me, in people like French people knowing French history, right? Moroccan folks know Moroccan history, like. Like the white Americans who know they come from Britain and having, they can talk about their forefathers back to the 1200s. Like, I think that shit is dope as fuck. Bro. Right. I, I agree. That's, you know? that's hella value in that. My point was, you know, that was like a spinoff point to my original point, which was that, which is a point we all know there's value in the African-American community. You know what I'm saying? And it's seen from all over the world, from, from all, all different black peoples, all 35 black people you named, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's likeness and, and all other cultures as well. And what we're missing is the, the reverse of the institution that oppresses our growth and, and development and, and, right. And, you know, creation of our own systems or at least to, to be not locked out of systems or, you know, have all the doors open and then have a person controlling the damn door tell you no, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Just because, you know, you're black and everything has been built for you not to succeed from the neighborhood that you might have to live in because of the jo the job you have to, you know, your qualifications for this because of your background or your peers or relatives or whatever box they want to throw you into is what I'm saying is missing. When that is actually what we are good at doing in our communities is taking all those people in like that. Sh what I'm saying is that same, sh like America is the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? That what they say is what we are. You know what I'm saying? They basically are like really trying to be the, the Martin Luther Kings. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. they talk, they're trying to be, you know, the, the leaders in our communities, really they're hijacking that same vibe when they're talking to us, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they're not doing anything for us. And at the end of the day, it's a value that's so big that it's even now running our, you know, it's, 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 it's the face of our country is that value. You know what I'm saying? Like gotta have, you know, that family soul black bond of we going to get through this and make it somewhere leadership that Obama brought, you know what I'm saying? But it's not, 
In it, a real way, though. it ain't come out the hood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. And that, that's a good point. Um, and we can say that for another show. But yeah, we need the leader out the hood. Necessarily. Jesus out of Nazareth, not, you know, Obama out of Harvard. I love you, Obama. But yeah, I was I preferred Michelle. Javante, go ahead and do us a favor and uh, close us out here at the Jazzy Comedy Show. Share with the I Mean podcast. I appreciate the love, Jazzy Comedy Show. And hopefully you listeners out there enjoyed and learned a little bit something new about me and about my brother Jelani and about my motherfucking brother from another mother, JC. Color Road the Fourth, you know what I'm saying? So here we go. Damn, the whole shit though. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share. Jazzy Comedy Show, bitch. I mean podcast available on all DSPs you name it go there subscribe and share us we give you all us real nigga what's up my first love was football from playing that Madden shit my second love was hard drugs weed and this rapping shit out the I mean podcast check out the Jazzy comedy show podcast Thank y'all for rocking with us. I might that twice if I look down and see my mama in tears. I gave her, uh, but I ain't gonna never die. Bitch, I can never. What's up? I know the Lord watch over babies and fools. I did the foolie with this tool to put my babies through school. I took my last soap out the country. Fuck that bitch, we ain't cool. Hit them DMs, a nigga can't swim, but I fucked a friend by the pool. Cause she was to a pussy, I never needed that bitch. She cussed me out in long ass text, but I ain't read them shit. She wanted this. The struggle be real. Be sure to go to imeanpot.gmail.com. JC, your email address. Should they have any inquiries? The Jazzy Comedy Show at gmail.com. If y'all don't know, y'all know the Jazzy Comedy Show. We don't care if you big or you small, you little or you tall. We don't care who you fucking or who you smash, as long as you keep the jazz and keep the class. We're going to keep it jazzy with you. Go ahead and keep it jazzy with us. We appreciate all the new listeners. We appreciate all the consistent listeners. Uh, Sentinel, Colorado, Flatbush, New York, uh, Boardman, Oregon, Atlanta, Georgia. Of course, the Bay Area, Oakland, San Leandro, Alameda, Berkeley. We love y'all. We see y'all. L.A. Shout out. Shout out. We, I mean, everywhere. Y'all tuning in, and we appreciate y'all, man. For all the small towns that's checking out the Jazzy Comedy Show, man, we hoping we lifting y'all spirits as much as y'all lift ours, because we all in this shit together. You feel me? Look in the mirror. Tell yourself you're beautiful. Tell yourself you're strong. Tell yourself you need it, because we need you. I need you. Let's ride this wave out together. Let's get through corona, and let's be free. Stay up, y'all. Stay up. Stay cool. My Irish niggas, shout out to Dublin. Shout out to Croatia, Russia. Shout out to uh, Oceanius, New South Wales. My people over there. Glendale, California. Alameda, California. San Francisco, California. Norwood, Ohio. Shout out to my people in Arizona, Prescott, to Tucson, and Phoenix. Shout out to my folks out there right now. I get niggas the shirt off my back. Something happened to one of my niggas. I'll be the first to attack. Shout out to my folks. Shout out to the yard. Shout out to the yard. I rep my niggas every verse that I rap. Violate the shots dispersed from this life. And I'm glad that Barbarian tapped into the Jazzy Comedy Show. That shit is dope as fuck. Shout out to Alchemist. Shout out to Freddie Gibbs, Gangsta Gibbs. Shout out to Gary, Indiana. Shout out to Gary. Shout out to the whole Jackson family from Gary, Indiana. Shout out to Ernest Dell Thomas, Ernest Lee, my brother. Shout out to Ernest Lee. Also from Gary. What's happening? There's something in the water. 
Absolutely. Same shit as in Flint. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Peace, y'all. I love you. We love y'all.